can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're gonna be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 33, The Fast and the Furious Lap 4. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Signet Jewelers. Oh. Signet Jewelers Limited is the world's largest retailer of diamond jewelry. They operate over 3,500 stores in the U.S., U.K., Canada under the names of K Jewelers, Zales, Jared the Galleria of Jewelry, mm. and some other ones, Piercing Pakoda, too. And their mission is to help customers celebrate life and express love by offering high-quality, competitively-priced jewelry and watches coupled with an outstanding customer service experience. Do you know why uh, Signet Jewelers sponsored this episode? I sure do, because we are now in the walk-down memory chain lap. It is absolutely right. So do you have your dumb Toretto cross on? Of course I do. I was I was actually thinking in this episode, while I was watching this movie, not in this episode, hello. I was thinking while watching this movie about, I think a really cool giveaway or something would be if we had like customized engraved like cheapo necklaces that just say like 2f2f on them or something yeah like i think that would be super super cool yeah you know what we've talked a lot about jewelry with like the leather cuffs and stuff maybe we should make some like so i'm thinking like those like diabetic bracelets but they just say like too fast too forever you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the bracelet just like one panel that says yeah. like you know like diabetic yeah but like we could make those but just quarter mile at a time or something sure. you know what i mean like so we'd be like check his bracelet check his bracelet and be like um gas tank for brains or something like that. i love it nitrous oxide in his blood you he's know? like gravity everything just gets pulled to him <laughs> yeah exactly how funny would those be oh this bracelet is wildly unhelpful but i think it's pretty cool <laughs> uh, like a mild tangent did you hear about the guy that had like the do not resuscitate thing like tattooed on him no he had like do not resuscitate tattooed on him and then they resuscitated him and he was sued them because he was yeah. like it's tattooed on me they're like yeah, but that's not, like, the, the necklace thing. And he's like, but I got it tattooed on me. And it was, like, a big story, like, I don't know, maybe six or eight months ago. Super weird. Well, welcome to uh, Lap 4. We did our uh, tune-up, relap, recap two episodes ago. Last episode, we did a You Are My Lifespan Chapter 2. But here we are, officially kicking off Lap 4, a walk down memory chain. Joining us after the break will be Michael Domenico of the Not Her Again podcast. I also want to point out that next week we're going to have a bonus episode, the Turbocharged Prelude, the six-minute short film between the first and second movies. So come back next week in our sort of off week for that episode. But yeah, so let us get right into it with extracurricular activities. Joe, what have you been up to since we recorded our last two episodes? Oh, so I have this cool thing. I don't think I told you about it. Um, There's this cool thing in Connecticut called the Connecticut Wine Trail Passport. Did you know about this? No? Question mark? So check this out. So every year, Connecticut Farm Winers Guild or something releases this thing, and it's a book. And um, it has every Connecticut winery in it. You can go to each one, and you get a stamp for going there. So there's, like, 41 of them. And then, like, at the end of the year, there's prizes for, like, people that went to a bunch of them, right? Like, if you go to, like, 10 or more, you you can win, like, a bottle of wine. And if you go to, like, 12 or 14 or more, then you can win, like, a limo trip to go to a bunch of wineries. And then if you get, like, 18 or more, you can win a trip for two to Spain for two weeks. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so um, we happened to stumble upon it. Rachel's mom came to visit last weekend. We were there, and we knew about this. Like, we, we, we like, you know, had them before, seen them in the past. But we were there, like, the weekend it opened. Okay. okay like, 
it's like the first weekend of the year was like May 3rd or 5th or something, right? We were like, oh shit, you know, like this just started, like we could start doing this. So for the past couple weekends, Rachel and I have been like hitting some Connecticut wineries and it's a lot of fun. Like we've been, you know, you get day drunk on a Saturday. These like some of them are small, some of them are big, some of them have food, some of them are like two people, some of them are like a hundred people. But um, we've been like, you know, hitting parts of the state that we never go to and drinking wine. I know this is maybe a difficult question to answer, but are they, the variations in wineries, is it like the same kind? Kind of differences as you find in breweries or are, they, are there differences that you don't expect you know what i mean like are they what in terms of like the size of them the diversity of them like the kinds of wine that they offer like all this different stuff like you know how like you totally the same as breweries yeah. yeah okay some of the big ones will make like you know 50 different wines and then like we were at one this weekend that had like three wines like they okay. make these three and it's like the, their house is like next to it like they have like a little barn that you like drink and buy the wine in and then there's like a house next to it and then he's like this is my vineyard and like i built this fucking everything in here and just yeah it's totally like a brewery it's like the same shit but it's nice out wine is fun too i just like to drink a lot as much as i like beer i'll drink anything so we've been doing that and it's been a good time you can have any wine you want as long as it's a merlot exactly exactly wonder what kind of wine dom would drink but who knows? I don't know. Like Franzia? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's like the Corona of wine, right? It has I to be close. Yes. That's sad. But <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay. Did you do anything else in the last two weeks or no? No, that's been it. I'm I'm leaving for Texas this weekend. Not Austin. Otherwise, I would have hit up Mr. Wes. But I will be in Dallas for work. So I'll have cool. some fun Dallas stories when I come back, hopefully. Did the Stars win or something? They lost. So I was planning on going to a Dallas Stars hockey game if they were in it. But they got beat by the St. Louis Blues, so they're out of the playoffs. And as you know, the Mavericks are out, and I don't think the Rangers play in Dallas, so there's, like, no sporting events I can go to on this trip, essentially. Go find a rodeo. That's exactly what we're doing. Did I tell you that? No. I'll save that story for next time. I never went to a rodeo when I lived in Texas, and I regret it. Yeah, we plan on going to one when we're there on this trip, so... Do it. Yeah, I'm excited. Since the last time we recorded, I went to Los Angeles for the weekend. This was oh, yeah, this not is this cool past story. weekend. Uh, cool. It was Cinco de Mayo weekend. I went out there because my favorite podcast to listen to, Never Not Funny. I mean, my favorite podcast, one? obviously, is Too Fast, Too Forever. But yeah. I don't listen to this. I just edit it. Which is listening. Yeah, well, I guess. It's 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 active listening. Literally active listening. <laughs> it is, yeah. So I went out there because they have their annual telethon of sorts to raise money for smile train which is a charity that fixes cleft palates and cleft oh, that's lips cool i didn't uh, know that for... that's a really cool charity yeah so this is the 10th time they've done it and so i've watched it on youtube because i stream it on youtube uh every year that's i've cool. watched it the last like three or four years but this year i actually went out there and i i got there wildly early because i was still on east coast time and i was just awake so i just went to the venue and i was yeah we were chatting online and we were chatting and I sat in the front row, and the host of the podcast, Jimmy Pardo, saw my obnoxiously worn uh, Cage Club t-shirt, and he was talking to me about that on the stream, so you can check that out. Very cool. Very, very cool. The, the thing is that, like, uh, there's a lot of people out there that people might be familiar with, but they're mostly just guests of the podcast, and so there are people that are people like, I don't know who most of these people are, but, like, John Hamm was out there. That's cool. Conan very O'Brien. Cool. Darcy Carden, who plays Janet on The Good Place, who's also in Barry. Andrea Savage, who has her show I'm Sorry. Matt Walsh from Veep. Like, there's a handful of people that people would know, but a lot of them were just frequent guests of the podcast. And so it was but super cool But if you cool like it, that's there. cool anyways. Yeah, no, it was mean? awesome. So I went out there, and I hung out with a friend on Sunday, and I was, just, I was there for three nights, two at a hotel, one at a friend's place. Came back, a real quick boom boom trip, but I had a really good time. So that was sort of a sort of a sort of a spur of the moment kind of thing because I didn't buy a ticket when they went up, and they sell out instantly. But then someone tweeted that she had an extra ticket. 
I messaged her, and all of a sudden I was booking a flight to L.A., so... That's very cool, dude. It was cool. I, I like really the quick time. L.A. trips, too. Like, you know, I've, I definitely spend time out there. I can handle about three days of L.A. pretty easily. You know, any more than that, I'm like, whew, I'm ready to get back on the on the worst coast over here. I you know? like L.A. I don't know... I mean, I, I could sort of see myself at one point living in L.A., but I don't know that that actually is true. Um, for now, I, I mean, I, you know, as, there ever. as I've made clear on this podcast, I just bought a house a year ago, so I'm not in the looking to move anytime soon. But yeah. I also do like I wouldn't want to live in New York, but I would live in LA first. But I don't know. I Who agree with what that. The future will hold. I agree with that. I would take LA over New York, but I wouldn't live in LA either. So, and that's pretty much all I did extracurricular wise. I recorded it's some pretty uh, big one. It's not, it was a pretty not, big one. It's not chill. So I recorded some uh, Cage Club revisited with. Mr. Mike Manzi of the Ride Along Lap, the Mikester. Oh, we also recorded and put out an episode of Zack Attack, our other podcast that we, we did. finished about the new Ted Bundy movie, which I do not know the name, but it's a Ted Bundy movie on Netflix. Very zeffingly evil, zeffingly vile. So go check that out if you want to hear more of us talking about that. I think all of our shows are now a, a, a commercial for this show. Essentially, yeah. But it was a it was a decent enough movie. I think it was a fun talk. And yeah, we had a great we had a great conversation about it. And I think that's pretty much it. Let us let us move on then, because we we've, we've got some uh, exciting things coming up this opening segment. That we, we doing not... it now? We do no, it we're now. No, not doing it now. We're gonna do it last. Um, we do it dead last. Keep the ball moving. Okay. We have a Patreon page, patreoncom slash fast 2 forever If you want to kick us a couple bucks to thank us for all this tireless work that we do in this podcast, that would be appreciated. All the work you can also Joey does. get all the some work Joey does. merch and some swag. So shout out Cassie Wilson, Cassie Joe, and I are actively currently in discussion to get stickers made. So stickers coming your way very soon. Maybe a little special surprise too. That sounds it's it's a good thing. Don't it, that sounds like it could go either way, but it's a it's a nice thing. Yeah, it's not it's not as creepy as I'm making it sound. No, not at all. We also, uh, so before I, before I open the mailbag, uh, I'm go going ahead. to go to iTunes. We're, we're always on the lookout for new reviews of this show, because the best way for other people to find the show is just to, aside from word of mouth, is to write reviews on iTunes, and then people can find yeah. it, so on and so forth. I don't understand how it all works. All I know is that the it metrics help that. So we're going to take a look, see if anybody left us a review. 13 reviews, all five stars, no reviews new. So, again, if you want to have your review read on air, go to iTunes or go anywhere and leave us a review and let us know that you left a review, and we'll go from there. We also have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. Joe, two emails today. Ooh. I got some devastating news. No email from Wes. I don't know if Wes is busy or not, but uh, hope he's okay. Hopefully, Wes, Wes, you're okay. We love and miss you, brother. Like, I'm not trying to pressure you into writing an email, but just, I hope you're okay, no matter if, what's going on. So here's, Maybe you're here's just what busy. I'm Maybe he hit Powerball, Ooh. and he was like, fuck those guys forever. And in which case, I'd be like, good for you, dude. Yeah. I hope so. When we do our turbocharged prelude, it was just going to be, I think, we didn't really talk about doing a full episode, because we're going to record that in a day or two, probably. But yeah. I think, because we are going to do emails, but I think if Wes writes an email between now and the time we do that episode, we'll read, or any emails, maybe, we'll read that on air. Down. But other than that, going to be a short, quickie bonus episode, and then we'll be back in two weeks, of course, for Too Fast, Too Furious. But okay, two emails oh. today. Go ahead. First up, from Justin Kleinman, our friend up north. Hello, Justin. In the Minneapolis area. So this is a clarification from an email that he sent in last episode. He says, no knees slash king of the hill. He says, I guess <laughs> technically the grandpa had no shins, knees connected to feet. Ah. So here is on King of the Hill, because I was like, I don't know Let what this see. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Let me see. Um, so here's a link to a video called AF Cotton Hill War Story. If you want to know a little bit more about the grandpa not having shins, knees connected to feet, uh, go okay. to YouTube and search for Cotton Hill War Story, published on July 3rd, 2017, 163,147 views. So go check that out. Thank you, Justin, for writing that in. I will check this out after we record this episode. Yeah, I was, I was trying to click through and see a picture of the no knees, but didn't find one. Right. I'll have to watch it, too. Next email, second email from our friend Jenny McMullen. Shout out, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Subject line, Catskills and Poconos, which we oh. also asked about last time. Yeah, because we said, does anybody know what the Catskills and Poconos are? She says, hi, guys. Pause the episode to let you know that I, being a West Coast girl, have heard of the Catskills and Poconos being resort areas, mostly from pop culture references. Like, for instance, Dirty Dancing, which, Joe, we know is your favorite movie of all time. Oh, my God. Really? What is? Are they in the Poconos? Was set Dancing? at a resort in the Catskills. Oh I don't God. think they're very obscure later, Jenny. Well, thank you. Problem solved. That makes... Oh, God. That makes perfect sense that Dirty Dancing is set in the Catskills, because it's, like, too... I'm just going to stop there. They're just like, I love Dirty Dancing the movie. Psych. Well, I think it makes sense. So here's here's a way that I think it makes sense within within the context of what Jenny is saying. What? That a lot of writers, people like Hollywood and entertainment writers who write yeah. movies, are probably from either New York or L.A., and so if you're from New York... You probably either grew up going to those places or know about those places. True. And you would probably set things there. So I think that makes sense within the pop culture context to write Plus about the like, things you know. And it's and it's one of those places that's like if you're from around here, you like you would know it. So it's like a little like tongue in cheek, like, oh, they're in the Poconos. And then you'd yeah. be like, What is the Poconos? But like everybody like in the tri state area knows what the Poconos are, right? right? So it's like it's like it's like a little bit of like undercover kind of like, you know, like a, ooh, what is this mysterious type place, but it's really not type thing. So that's what I'm thinking. I think that makes absolute total sense. So thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jenny, for both writing in. If you want to write in, have your email read on air, family at cageclub.me. Let us know what you're thinking. If you have not sent in your rankings yet, do that. If you have not yeah. sent in your franchise picks for the movie franchise game that we did a couple episodes ago, oh, yeah, do, you that. Can do that. too. And also, if you have thoughts about the segment that we're going to unveil a little bit later, write in about that, too. Family at cageclub.me. All right. Next up, Joe, on the streets. Mm. What Fast and Furious news has there been since we last recorded, I think there's been a new, maybe a new TV commercial for Hobbs and Shaw, but I am still, once again, are continuing to be on media blackout there because I don't want that spoiled after your, you know, yeah. little run in. On that note, I made Rachel watch it. The same one that you did. The same one that I, I had to ruin it. For. I mean, like, because she doesn't really care, but she cares. And I was like, you got to just watch this. And I told her about the part that I, there's a part that I said that would, that made me disappointed that I know that it's going to happen. And she was like, oh, like she didn't catch it the first right. time. Like it's something that like would only matter to us. So, oh, I want to say before I take a step back, when yeah. I was in LA, I forgot that I went to the Peterson Automotive Museum. Oh yeah, was, go ahead. Uh, so on Sunday, as I was walking around going to, I went to the burger at the counter, which is great. I I'm also going to put some pictures on Facebook. I still haven't done that yet. Uh, but I went to the counter for a burger, which was great. I went to a couple breweries or a brewery or two. That was all great. But relevant which to this show. Which one did you go to? Which one God. did you go to? Um, I got to look it up. Hang you on. went to you went to um fuck. What's it called? Not McKellar, the other one. It's the one from San Diego. Yeah, it's that does Monsters Park. What the fuck is it called? Um, Modern Times. Modern Times. Yep. yep. I beat you to it, and you went there. Ha! Huh. Yeah, but I don't remember those kind of things. I I'm do. not an alcoholic. <laughs> which would make you remember it more I know, than I me. know. That doesn't, that doesn't quite work, but... Uh, but anyway, right land here... at all. I th- so I found... I, I, I knew that I wanted to go to this Peterson Automotive Museum because there was a 
exhibit that opened that day. It's open for, I think, almost a full year. I think it's closing in March. But there's an exhibit at this museum, which is always open, which is sort of, I guess, like the history of cars, kind of, and they have all, like, old-timey cars and stuff like that. It looks really cool. Go ahead. they have an exhibit now for the history of movie cars. So, like, a lot of movies... I think I think it's a combination of, like, concept cars and recreations of movie cars and also actual movie cars. But they had a whole Mad Max exhibit, both uh, a lot from Fury Road... They had a lot from Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2040 Gods. They which had we love the, yeah. the Warthog from Halo 4, which I think was awesome because, you know, Mind as blown. listeners might know, Joe and I met each other playing Halo 2. I-, I would say if you were to propose to me, you should do it in front of the Warthog at the Oh, museum. yeah. They had a bunch of cars from Batman. Like they had old Batmobiles yes. and old Joker things and the Batbike, I think, with the Robin sidecar. They also have the Batbike from The Dark Knight. Uh, they had, shout out West, they have the, well, I mean, I guess shout out Mrs. West, they have the Back to the Future DeLorean, or at least a version of that there. <laughs> they have a lot of a lot of really cool cars, a lot of things from MCU movies and stuff like that, so the entry fee to the museum is like 16 bucks or whatever, including tax. Bad. So That's if you're in bad. LA, you like cars, I'm assuming that if you, like, if you listen to this podcast, probably like cars. Or movies, and it has both, yeah, so. Yeah, go check it out. Because, um, you know, I don't really love cars, but I love seeing the cars that I knew. The only drawback, the only downside, no Fast and Furious in there, which was a, kind of a bummer. Which is kind of sad, yeah. But I feel like these were sort of like heightened, not comical cars, but like very unreal cars, things that are sort of made specifically for the movies and the Fast and Furious especially the early ones like the one that we're talking about tonight are all real cars that have been yeah. souped up and tuned for the movie so it's a little bit different but I still would have loved to have seen you know like a Super or a Skyliner or whatever that like this is the one that Brian drove exactly yeah that would be really really cool but anyway any news about the Fast and Furious aside from the uh, maybe new trailer maybe new commercial anything I else that cool you've seen one. it's pretty new Tyrese is joining forces with Paul Walker's brother to put on an event that will have car enthusiasts and Fast and Furious fans salivating. It's called for Epic UK Car Show. I forget what it's called. They're doing a car show together in August, and then it will Fuel Fest. That's what it's called. Um, it launched in Southern California in March. We'll have an event in August, and then it's going to head back for a show in Miami, which we might be able to go to. Okay. It's Paul Walker's brother and Tyrese, and they're just going to like have cars and stuff like that. So hmm. It will feature top custom exotic, rare, and exclusive cars from all over the world, live music, and celebs. And some of those celebs might be straight from the set of Fast and the Furious 9. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the I guess the, the big news that I saw that Mike Manzi shared with us, Mike, the Mike Star himself, one of the major producers of the Fast and Furious, oh, yeah. who apparently has like this contentious history of the franchise, was basically removed from the films that he's no longer associated he's no longer affiliated with them he's still getting paid to some extent yeah for them he's to like be the made. funding guy though right he's like he's he's the producer in the sense like he's the money bag i guess maybe early on when it was more independent but i mean it's, it's always been a universal picture you know what i mean so they've always in no some, but you still need somebody extent. to you still need somebody to be like the producer and then it goes to universal for like distribution and stuff like that especially when they're like small and new i thought that's how it worked I don't know. I don't know exactly. But anyway, he apparently was an asshole and he got kicked out. But in that same piece, there was a rumor that the female-led Fast and Furious movie is Spin-off going to that we be, heard. Yeah. Yeah, is going to be dealing with Cypher. Yeah. Charlize might be coming back. There was another thing that I saw that Charlize said something along the lines of, I don't know if I'm going to be in Fast and Furious 9, which is not a good sign. But if this Pretty other bad, thing yeah. is like they're, they're toying with the idea of bringing her in, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I would like her to be in the spinoff. Maybe she could be like the villain in the spinoff. 
of the all-girls one. That'd be cool with me. We've said over and over again that I don't love... None of us really love Cypher in Fate the Furious, but we're willing to give her the benefit of the doubt if there's a broader story at play for her character. Yeah, That's exactly. all I gotta hope for. Yeah, because I think she's she's not bad. It's just like that whole character, everything was just... Ugh. So that's all the news, I think, on the streets. Anything else that you know, any other sort of Fast and Furious news that you have mentioned or you've caught wind of in the last two weeks? No, that's about it. So we're going to go into, we're going to go to Top of the Rock, where I'm going to go to Google News and search Dwayne Johnson President. Looks like no new news here, but 50 Cent jokes about running for president in 2020, so uh, vibe on the, on, the, on the pulse of yeah. 50 Cent news, 50 Cent jokes about running for president in 2020. One hour ago, this is breaking news, Joe, that he is joking about running for president. Yeah, that's that's good. And then I'm going to search for The Rock president. There's a bunch of stuff that doesn't have to do with him, but 12 days ago, Guardians of the Galaxy actor Dave Bautista says The Rock is more qualified to be president than Trump. So, <laughs> former, you know, wrestler showing wrestler love right there. You know, who knows, but whew. Yeah, fighting, Dave Truly Bautista. fighting words. Drax went full Drax there. Uh, and that's all I've got on that front. All right, Joe, new lap observations. What did you catch this time around in the Fast oh. and Furious? This is not the fourth time you and I have spoken about this movie on the podcast. I caught something so small, and we've never talked about it before. Okay. I've been watching the movie this time, and at the beginning of it, for reasons which you'll find out very soon... Uh-huh. I was watching it with a very keen eye. Okay. I noticed something this time that I don't think we've ever mentioned, and I don't think we've ever said it, but it it happens like two or three times in succession. So when they're driving up, when everybody's pulling up into Toretto Cafe, right? Mm-hmm. You know how they're showing like the front of the cars as they like pull up? Yeah. Each car has a sticker on it that's just like a DT logo. What's DT? You know what DT is. Come on, get there. Oh, Dominic Toretto. Okay. Yeah, so it has this like this like DT logo that I had never noticed before that they don't use in the other movies. And I was like, oh, is this for Dominic Toretto? And then, now that this was in my head, I was like, oh man, it has to be, right? Like, that's the only thing that this can be. It doesn't say like Toretto or anything on it, just like a D and a T together. In is this, it like, stylized style. or just the letters? It's stylized. It's, okay. like, it's like a logo that would be like you know, your whatever custom logo. It's like not very stylized. Maybe that should be our sticker that we make. Wait, and then when you go to Race Wars, when Jesse comes out of the trailer, it says like DT Specialties and it has the same logo on it. Huh, okay. Dom Toretto does have like a logo for his garage that I just caught this watching of the film. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if you go back and watch just like as they're pulling up, because I noticed it because I was like looking at the stickers on the front of the cars, like to see like, you know, what stickers they had on them. Yeah. Letty has one and then Anne like Vince has one. And like, I think Jesse might have one too. And it shows you the sticker on all three of the cars. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, dude, like holy fuck that must be like a dominic toretto garage sticker and then I at the end and then at the end you see the like dominic toretto specialties or like customs tr- on the trailer like on the door of the trailer so i really I love it pretty cool so i noticed a bunch of things this time around a lot of which i will probably bring up to some extent with michael when we when he joins us a little bit but two things that i want to mention that won't make any sense to him because they are about okay. they're about you are my lifespan Oh, go ahead, yes. So instead of having to explain all of that, I'll just bring that up here. Number one, Jesse, when Brian brings that, like, 
car that looks like a piece of shit on the outside, and he's like, this is your 10-second car, and they look inside. Jesse says 15 grand in a way that sounds like 15 grad? No way. It's it's clearly grand, but it sounds closer to grad. It's just like, and I think maybe my brain is hearing what I want it to hear, but for how much we have spent... Like when you overnight parts from Japan, this part. It's like, 15 grand, 15 grand, 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 grad. It was just, it's, it's close. And I'm like, boy, I didn't catch that one. So we were talking about Lance, because in the last episode, Lance shows up and Lance is all around. We're saying about how he's apparently Johnny Tran's cousin. Lance is all over this movie. Yes. Uh, Lance is the other one at the end of the movie that rides with Johnny when they kill Jesse. Jesse. Yes, it is Lance. more specifically, more importantly, I guess, Lance is played by Reggie Lee. And I was like, why do I know him? And he plays a cop in Dark Knight Rises, which I probably have recognized him in. But okay. he's also, more importantly, one of the worst and most annoying TV villains in Prison Break. Uh, he was this terrible villain that was just terrible, I think oh. in season two, I want to say. So I recognized him from that. I'm like, why? Because he looks so familiar. I mean, yeah. in this movie, he's got like the sort of early 2000s. I need to rewatch Prison Break, man. Do I you? Read... The first season. Only the first season. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. The first season's great. I also, I also wonder, because, you know, that was in the sort of the beginning of, like, peak TV kind of and it was great and I watched it with a friend in college and she and I were just like oh my god like we, we need to watch another episode like we had it yeah. all on DVD or whatever and it was one of those where like we can't not watch the next episode I wonder if it's actually good or just fueled by cliffhangers like I watched you know, it way after it came out I really enjoyed it like I watched it maybe like oh nine mm-hmm. and it was really good then maybe it's gonna be really good and because that was like way after it came out you know what i mean because it came out i think in 2004 2005 i want to say yeah that so yeah that's, that's pretty considerably after the fact but those are my two things that they were both you are my lifespan related which i feel well why have to note, explain all that can i cover a couple more you are my lifespan ones sure johnny train is presumably dead because paul walker you know pulses him Right. So he might be dead. Do you think he's going to die in You're My Lifespan? I don't know. Maybe that's why she dates International Bad Boy. Okay. The other thing is, if we follow the Fast and Furious canon, Ellie and Johnny Tran were about to bang in the Honda S2000, which has two seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, granted, he might have other cars. I think he pulls up in a Lexus when they, like, when they come into his garage and, like, you know, they threaten the guy. But I'm assuming if he's at the races, he's going to be in his S2000 which means they were making out in the thing, and also he has no tinted windows. Well, I think you made a note, because I listened to that episode, because that episode just came out last night, this morning, as we're recording this. And I think you made a note that, like, they're making out in the front seat. Like, I think something in the writing hinted to us that they weren't no, no. exactly being subtle about it. I think my brain remembered that Johnny oh, Train was in, okay, okay. was in the car. Because she says, like, we're just, like, making out, and they never say they moved to the back seat, but they're getting, like, hot and heavy in the car, and, like, that's a very tiny car. Well, we have no concept of how big Ellie is. Maybe Ellie is, like, uh, you know, one foot two. Yeah, maybe she's, maybe she's like, Tinkerbell. She's, like, this big. Who knows? Yeah. So actually, before we get to the, the next and final segment in this opening part, uh, we're doing a walk down memory chain. Joe, yes. you and I are going to track, as best we can, the necklace through these eight movies. Yes. Do we want to do that now, or do we want to do it with a guest? Because I feel like if it was a lap where we had the same person on the entire time, Mike could have watched for it with us. I didn't tell Michael tonight uh, okay. to look for it, so maybe we do it here? That's fine by me chain gang i was sort of surprised at how little the necklace is actually in this movie yes so i tried to watch we see it he's wearing it when he's at the first race when he meets 
Brian at the race, and they race for pink slips, right? Yep. Brian puts his car up when he has the, the Mitsubishi Eclipse, the green one. Dom's wearing the chain as he gets there. But that's that's the only time we see it. He's not wearing it before. He's not wearing it after. Everybody else has chains on, and they're wearing their chains throughout the movie, but we only see the cross chain at that moment. What I've realized in this movie is that Letty wears dog tags a lot are around, like, obviously, like, on that classic silver sort of dog tag chain. And she's yes. also got this, like, tighter, not like a choker, but something like a choker, kind of, where it's metallic and tighter yeah. to her neck. And a lot of them, a lot of the time, she's wearing them, like, under her shirt. Like, you can sort of see it around her neck, but it's not super visible, right? It looks a lot like she's wearing the necklace, but you never see it on her. And I feel like a lot of the time, you can tell that it's not that, based on, like, if you can sort of see her front. Yes, I was looking for it on her as well to see if it was like maybe like something they like leave on the dresser and whoever grabs it grabs it kind of thing. And then, you know, you'd see like Vince and Leon and they all have their like, you know, specific chains on. Even like Hector has a chain because I was like following necks the whole movie essentially. And I was also making note of when Dom is on screen and not wearing the necklace. Like it feels like there's sort of pivotal moments where he's not wearing any necklace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like near the end or like even at Race Wars, like he's not wearing the necklace at Race Wars, you know? Or when he's going on the drive and at the end, the last, the final heist. Like I feel like, I think you've talked about this before that a lot of these movies can sort of be the writer seeing what sticks, what people connect to what people like and then sort of doubling down on future movies about it. I think possibly the necklace wasn't, it was sort of an afterthought here. Like just like, oh, Dom can wear that because he's Catholic or what, you know what I mean? Because he's Italian and he's whatever. Exactly, he's a cool guy. But yeah, I don't know, man. That's the necklace surprisingly low key in the first of these movies. Yeah, for knowing how much of a role it plays later, he's not even wearing it in multiple scenes where he could wear it. It's just like one scene, that's it. You only get it when he's like showing up, balling out at the first race. That's yep. it. Well, the, we only have one more thing, Joe, to do before we take a break, and this is something oh, that we excited. have talked about, teased for a while, and we finally had an idea how to best accomplish this. We've talked about it for a few laps now, the Fast and Furious Minute, which we for a while thought was going to be its own lap or multiple laps or whatever, and we realized... It might be boring. It might be boring. It's also going to be a lot more work in terms of posting the episodes, and it's also going to be... You know, we don't how know how it's going to shake scheduling. out. I thought... We talked about it. We came to the conclusion that it might... It's, it's going to be best if we do one minute of the movie here, right before the break. Every movie... I mean, like, every episode. And the, the thing that I was most worried about was... Because our plan was sort of like three episodes a week. We do like every week or every sort of cycle. I don't know how to say this, but like normally right now, every two weeks an episode comes out. So in that same time span, we would do five episodes, one about five different minutes. And then we'd have our sort of beginning part where it's the emails and everything like that. But then I was trying to figure out, does that mean that we're not going to watch movies two through eight and Hobbs and Shaw for like a year? That feels kind of cheating. That feels kind of cheating to me because like the whole point of it was to watch these until we want to vomit, right? Like that's like part of the shtick. So so I think, yeah, I think this way it works better. You'll get a minute of it at the beginning and we'll just stick, you know, going through the same minute or like the same time frame. So like we're just going to start with one we're gonna do every minute of it on an episode for the next hundred and forty. No, just a hundred. It's about it's about a hundred, hundred and hundred and six episodes. Okay, so for the next hundred and six episodes, you're gonna get a minute by minute breakdown of Fast and the Furious one. The next four years or so. Yes, and I have some fucking plans 
for like what we're going to compile and release as we go. We were talking about, this is your idea, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but you reminded me that like this is like the stats of the Furious, which Kim Basine and his Bloomberg team did, but bad. Like, just not helpful. It's a really shitty version of that. And like, it's, it's going to take more, us four it's more years detailed. to do. More It's going to be way more detailed. But less helpful. But less helpful, and eventually we'll be able to, like, you know, get all kind of, like, the stats down, and we're going to have a lot of more useless stats. Go ahead. You want to you wanna get into it? You want to start? So we're doing the first minute today, which is the first minute of the first movie. Are you going to cut it in here? I learned about this is that the Universal logo, the Universal intro, is 22 or 23 seconds long. So, like, a mo- not most of this intro, but a lot of this intro is Universal. And UniversalStudios.com. Yes, that's how it starts out. What I do want to make note of is that you asked me what the song was that plays the opening theme. And so, I don't know if it has a name, which I think is really strange, but it is composed by BT on the network, on the Cage Club Podcast Network, where we are, where we call our home. Uh, Nico, who is the co-host of Now and Again and HTML and Access for Podcast, he loves BT. Like he's super into music and he loves BT. And so yeah. to have the movie kick off with a BT track, when he eventually joins us for an episode, he's going to love it. But anyway, I found on YouTube, if you search the Fast and Furious opening sequence BT, you can find this song. It's about five minutes long. They use a little bit of it here. But what I wanted to point out was there's a couple comments on this track. One that I really like, the, the top ranked one, is from Nathan Walker four years ago and says, I always expect this song to come on after every universal introduction. I just think it's so cool. Like, it's just... That is cool, yeah. This, to him, is burned into the universal thing. Like, for whatever reason, in my brain, even though I've seen these movies way more, when I see universal, I think Jurassic Park. Okay. It's not my favorite movie. I've I've only seen it maybe a couple times. To me, universal is tied to that. Makes sense. But Nathan Walker says he always expects this song to come on after every universal introduction. The only other comment that I want to point out, there's a couple people saying, R.I.P. Paul... But one person says it's kind of sad seeing that some of these comments were written before Paul died, R.I.P., which is kind of a bummer. Like, people talking about how much they love Paul Walker, you know, how much they love the movie, and then he dies and the comments still live on. So it's just a bummer, yeah, man. That is a bummer. So that was my initial reaction. So what do you what do you got from this first minute? Do you want to describe what happens in the minute? I mean, we just played the audio, but do you want to describe what happens in this one minute? So we start getting a shot of... God, I, I know way too much about this minute. <laughs> How many times did you getting watch this? Six or seven. Okay. <laughs> we start getting a shot of a broma, this cart. What, what are these called? Like the fucking things you put on the back of a truck. What is that? Like a tractor trailer? Yeah, but like the, the compartment, the container. Okay. Okay, it's a broma mover. I think it's probably the EH5U model. So the broma mover is picking up a container that says Rogers on it. We see that as the Fast and the Furious kind of like zooms in. 
Yep. Right? Like in and out, in and out, in and out until we finally get to Fast and the Furious. It opens, we open the container to see what's inside of it. Throughout the movie, they reference DVD players, right? They're always stealing DVD players. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Inside the truck, there are some DVD players, there are some camcorders, but there are two things that are the things that I could pick the product numbers off of. Okay. One is a Panasonic PV M939. And the other is a Panasonic PV-M2059. And do you know what those actually are? No. Would you like to take a guess? Well, so they're on boxes of DVD player and a TV, I think, right? Yes. So this thing, I don't know if you ever had one, but I'm fairly sure we got my sister one once. The small CRT TVs that have the VHS player in the bottom of it. Okay, okay. Those are what those are. I found the manuals for them, which I'll include in our document. I love it. But I also found this. I'm sending it to you in Discord right now. Sorry for our listeners, but oh. Joey has a shot at this. If wow. you... Why is it so expensive? <laughs> so if you wanted to buy the Panasonic PV M2059 20-inch CRT TV with a VHS player in it. No remote. No remote. Somebody's selling one on eBay right now for $220 with $50 shipping. Like, I understand the shipping part of it, but like... That is wildly expensive for a terrible TV. For a really shitty TV. Yeah, I don't know what you would actually do with this. Like, like you could buy an iPod Touch for this much. You know what I mean? You could buy a lot of things for this much. Like a Kindle. Like, you could get a Kindle, which would do... You get a Kindle for 99 bucks, you could get two and a half Kindles. Almost three Kindles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, maybe there's some market for these TVs out there. Unless this one was in the Fast and the Furious, like it was like on the truck. I don't think I'd pay $220 for this. Let's make no. an offer for it. Like thirteen dollars. It'd still be like sixty bucks to get this fucking TV for me to throw out when it gets here. In the first minute, that's what I got. Okay. I know the shipping. It's actually called a mobile mobile harbor single lift util- like hydraulic thing. A Broma, B R O M M A. Okay. I know what's in the back of the truck now, including some of the models, and I have the manuals for the models of the TVs that are in there. Love it. I couldn't find the couldn't find the DVD player model numbers because it goes by a little fast. But that's what I got so far. Cool. So this is this is the approach that I'm going to take with the Fast and the Furious. Very movie. scientific, very numbers-based. Numbers-based. I want to get all the car license plates. I want to get, like, all the stickers on the cars. This is how I noticed the Dom Toretto stickers on the front of the cars. But, like, I'm just going to break it down of, like, shit that's going on around the scene, right? Because if I get it minute by minute and I watch them, like, three or four times, it doesn't really mean that much. But, like, I'll start getting a feel for what's happening. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to transcribe every line of dialogue. And there's no dialogue in this first minute. There's just a guy no. who, like, picks up a phone but does not say anything. So we can eventually get to the point where we have, like, the entire script. We can pretty much write the, like, Fast and Furious movie book is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, write the book of it, of like, you know, this Broma thing picks up a container that says Rogers that's filled with these TV, you know what I mean? And we can break the whole movie down like that, and you'll have like a readable version of The Fast and the Furious. Yeah, which, I mean, who doesn't want that? I do. Exactly. Well, let us take a quick break. Let us bring in Michael Domenico from the Not Her Again podcast to talk about this wonderful, wonderful film, The Fast and the Furious, the fourth time you and I are talking about this. If you've got thoughts on the Fast and Furious Minute, if, if there are certain things that you want us to track, now is the time to begin. When we are one minute, minute in. If you want us to count number of times, like, I don't want to do this, but if you're like, how many times does Paul Walker blink in this movie? We could probably do it. Let us know certain things. If there's, if there's something you've always wanted to know, genuinely want to know, and don't want to just make us do manual labor, now is the time. Because this first minute, there's nobody we know. There's only two actors on screen, neither of whom 
have any significant film again. Family at cageclub.me, and we'll be back right after this. This is Fast and the Furious 1, brought to you by Signet Jewelers. Customers are encouraged to take advantage of our extensive offering of diamond education and guidance on such popular topics as finding the perfect engagement ring or choosing the style of jewelry that best suits their personalities. Signet is committed to delivering all this while seeking to uphold their social, ethical, and environmental principles through global leadership, innovation, and sustainability. Shout out, Signet. Joining us today, tonight, on this very special episode to kick off the fourth lap, we have someone who I believe had never seen any of these movies before this oh week. Uh, we are joined by Michael Domenico of the Not Hurrigan podcast. Hello, Michael. Hello. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I had not seen any of them. That's incredible. That is so exciting. I also, <laughs> I also yeah. do want to thank you for joining us on this holiest of days, Kate Blanchett's birthday. Thank yes. you for taking time out of your <laughs> schedule to join us on this very special day. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, it's a big day for me. I mean, you are at Kate Blanchett on Twitter, so how could it not be a big day for you? Yeah, we do we do most of our festivities around the stroke of midnight, so we're we're actually good. Okay, we got we got some time. All right, I like <laughs> yeah. that. I like that. Did you steal Kate Blanchett's? Like, is it just at Kate Kate Blanchett? No, it has four T's. Five of you count the first oh. T. So. Okay. Yeah, she can still have her name, but I don't even think that that's her. I don't think that she is on Twitter. As we're recording this, this past Sunday was Mother's Day, and so the San Diego Padres changed their Twitter handle yes. from at Padres to at Madres, and, yes. which is a cool, like morons. nice little gesture or whatever, but also, yes, dumb. And then some college kid just claimed at Padres. The Padres were like, uh, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> And then Twitter took it back, and then they offered the kid, like, free tickets or whatever. But still, how do you not have someone in your social media department to be like, hey, we're going to change our name. As soon as we do this, you have to change your name to at Padres. Why didn't they just change, like, the first part of the name? You know what I mean? Like, the display name, not the at name. I don't know, man. Also, couldn't they just reserve? You would think so, but they did not. And so some college kid, I think, named Jeff, because of course there's somebody named Jeff. Damn it, Jeff. at Padres. So you live, you learn. But Kate Blanchett, you can still have your Twitter name. I'm assuming if you want it. But I don't think she wants it. Why would she want it? Why does Kate Blanchett need to be on Twitter? No, she does not have to be on Twitter. (laughs) It's a hellscape. So I think that she's doing a lot better. (laughs) Very true. And also I want to point out before we get into the movie that you broke your... I I don't really use Twitter anymore, but I saw that you had tweeted for the first time in over a month to talk Mm -hmm. about how great the Veep finale is. And I wholeheartedly endorse the Veep finale was perfect in just about every way. I've literally been watching that show since like the first episode and I started watching it in high school. And now... I'm obviously older than that, and it ended, <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually much more emotional than I realized, because I don't tend to watch a lot of television over the course of years. Like, I tend to, like, one-offs, like, sharp objects or something that just comes and goes for a season. Right. So I was like, oh, wow, I did not realize how invested I was in this and how these seven years just, like, built up to this moment so perfectly. And it just offered such great closure for so many of its characters, or all of its characters, really, so I just... yeah. That's cool. Shout out to Veep. Okay, so now normally we kick these off with a new guest by interviewing you about the movies, your history with the movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't really you don't have, have a history with the movies, so I guess yeah. the, the big question for you is, why have you never seen one of these movies before? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell from my Twitter handle, it's at Kate Blanchett. Um, that should tell you some things about the kind of movies that I probably gravitate toward more. I'm not huge into, like, racing 
and like car movies, which like Fair. isn't that much of a thing, but like the Fast and the Furious is like probably the quintessential car movie, at least at this point in time. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really like what I'm seeking out. I think it just gives me a lot of anxiety to watch people like cut off other drivers <laughs> like i get a lot of like that's fair like it's, bystander it's... anxiety i don't know how to explain it but i'm like oh my god they almost hit that poor person who's just like trying <laughs> just to wait. drive and is in a fast and furious movie all of a sudden so i don't know just i think i think it just wait. gives me like ajita <laughs> if you think that the driving is frightening as a bystander in this film just wait because <laughs> it gets a lot rowdier really quick i can only imagine because this it did seem a little simple in a way like it felt very much like driving just on like open roads wide spaces not a yes. lot of like huge stunts really no the franchise transitions from being about cars and about racing into becoming full-fledged action movies and so yes. it, it becomes much more narrow spaces and bigger scenes and you know much more many more pedestrians in the way of many more objects so if you found this movie very tense uh probably don't watch fast five even though fast <laughs> five is great i think you can also just tell my psychology a little like i don't identify with any of the like cool slick drivers i identify with like the poor person on the street just trying to like get get through their day <laughs> and like all of a sudden all these reckless cars combine you're just like oh my god like Look that's who assholes. i identify with <laughs> yeah we've always thought like when we talk about these movies and like our place in these movies that we always like aspire to be the really cool characters but we've learned like as we talk about them and stuff that we're usually like a lamer low tier character in the films yeah I you know that. like we're never we're never like the cool guy that's like drifting around the parking lot we're always like eh. no because the cool guy drifting around the parking lot probably dies so uh, like in real life so true. I, yeah so i think true. it's good to identify with not those people so now we've got some either or some really hard hitting either or questions that you can't answer a lot of because you don't know a lot of the characters and stuff but there are some characters here some questions that you can answer based on your Didn't knowledge of right one movie. It. So I don't want to I don't want to know what you thought of the movie yet. I want to save your okay. reactions and your opinions of all that sort of stuff. Walt did all these, so I mean we we know you through Walt. Um, so Walt loves these movies and Walt did all these, so I mean you guys can bond over your shared maybe your similarities or your differences in these questions. But let us find out first. Okay. Are you more a Brian O'Connor, the Paul Walker character? Okay. Or Dominic Toretto, the Vin Diesel character. Who are you more like? Definitely Paul Walker. Okay. Because oh. he's like, wait, do I give an explanation or no? Sure. Yeah. Oh, just because he ends up being a cop and I was like, Ugh, I would narc on these people and be like, you guys are having like, <laughs> you might think it's fun, but this is really dangerous. So I think that that's why I would be Paul Walker. Awesome answer. We didn't get that one yet. So I, I again, I, I'm sort of going to backpedal here for a second. I want to, I want to break my own rule. Were you surprised when he when it revealed that he was a cop yeah that definitely uh perked me up i was like "Ooh, look at this intrigue i love it damn that's awesome yeah it's so weird to watch not that it's weird but it's it's very interesting and, and i'm glad that we had to talk to about the movie with someone who had like never seen it right like, this is really cool <laughs> very very cool okay like the cop turn is like is mind-blowing when you first for me at least you know when you yeah. first see, you're like, holy shit he was a cop now watching it it's sort of you're surprised at how late in the movie it comes, but everybody knows the arc of Brian, and Brian's got a very complicated arc. If you do continue watching these movies, um, there's a lot of ebbs and flows on which which side of the law he's on, so keep an eye out for that if you continue here. Okay, are you more of a Mia Toretto, the Jordana Brewster character, Mm -hmm. or a a Letty Ortiz, the Michelle Rodriguez character? More of a Mia or a Letty? Um, I'm probably going to go with Mia. Okay. A lot of us are. Oh, wait. Maybe maybe I'm not characterizing her in the way that you guys think of her. (laughs) 
But I was about to be like, I'm going to go with Mia because she's kind of a wet blanket and, like, not, <laughs> like, the fun one. And I'm like, yeah, I identify with Mia. We usually characterize her as, like, as, like, the cornerstone. She's the foundation. She's the den mother. Yeah, oh, keeping yeah. it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's very maternal. I, yeah, I like that. Plus, none of us are badass enough to be Letty. Like, we're all sort of... No, uh, yeah, can you cowardly. imagine if all of a sudden I'm like, I'm a narc, but I'm also secretly Letty. Like, that would make <laughs> sense. <laughs> I feel like, and I don't want to generalize all podcast hosts, but I feel like there are not very many Letties in the podcast game. Because I feel like Letty is the kind of person who not only does not host a Getting podcast, into bar fights. but does not listen to podcasts or even know what a podcast is. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, very true. I agree. If you had to choose, now in terms of cars, I know you live in New York, so this is sort of a, a different kind of thing. Do you prefer American Muscle or imports? Is American Muscle like a specific car or does that just mean no, American it's cars? General, It's general, like those like, you know, 70s, 80s, classic American cars. Or, like, newer Japanese cars. I'm going to stay true to myself and go with the newer Japanese cars because I'm sure they have enhanced safety features. So okay. I go with the newer cars. Very, very smart. I like that a lot. But the old American cars are, like, very, very sturdy, built like a tank. So safety... I mean, like, you'll get hurt more, but the car will last better. <laughs> yeah, I'm more concerned about myself than yep. the car. <laughs> also, I don't think they have seatbelts or airbags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. I'm gonna save some other questions in case you ever join. So in case, so ideal world, when? you fall when? in love with these. When, when you fall in love with these movies and continue to watch them, and come on <laughs> after you've seen them all, we'll ask you the rest of the questions. But I've got two more mm-hmm. for you. Okay. First off, is the word oil <laughs> oh one syllable or two syllables? Oil. I guess I just said it with two. Perfect. So thank, you, thank, two. thank you. Thank you. I had like an uncle that called it Earl. Because he was from Earl? Brooklyn. So they just add R's to things, you know, okay. when they Earl. don't have to be R's. So he would be like, the Earl. And I was like, what is he saying? My mom was like, he's saying oil. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Okay. That's that's wild. Okay. I like that, three, Somebody Somebody wrote in and told us it was three syllables, too. So How would you say it as one syllable? The the most important question I have, and this, this is something from a movie you have not seen yet. This is from Furious 7, the seventh one in the franchise. But I think it's a question that I really want to hear your answer to. Okay. In the seventh movie, a character who you do not know yet has to distract a room full of people oh, yes, by singing a, a karaoke song. If you had to do that, if you were in front of a room and we were like, Michael, we need you to distract this room full of people. Yeah, we're run doing the something secretive. Or we need you to, to, to showboat to distract the room. What song would you sing? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm choosing between two, but one of them, I like. I don't think that there are enough lyrics to that song to like keep people's okay. attention. It's fine. So I'm going to go with, oh my God, what's the actual name of the song? T- take another little piece of my heart. I don't know Ooh. the actual name. Oh, yeah. N- another piece of my heart. Oh, yeah. oh Janis yeah. Joplin? Janis piece Joplin, Dusty Spring. Yeah, yeah. Dusty Springfield okay. also does a cover. That's a great That's a great choice. I love I that. also yeah. think it's, like, one of those songs that you can kind of just, like, sing the tune of enough and, like, make noises because it's Janis Joplin. It's like, no one really knows what's going on here anyway. <laughs> like, you can yeah. kind of just, like, riff at a certain point. So I feel like I never know lyrics anyway, and I feel like with that kind of song, you can just be like, uh, and everyone's like, yeah, that's it. And you're like, uh-huh. Cool. And plus you could throw in some, like, little, like, yeah, you could throw in some flair to it and get them real distracted. They'd be like, is that how this song sounds? Yeah, that's exactly. That's a good choice. Yeah, I like you it. know, you need a song where you can, like, riff and not have to, like, really pay attention to it, because I imagine I would be very nervous if everyone was trying to do a heist, and I was, like, the distraction, <laughs> that I, like, wouldn't be able to recall all of the lyrics to, like, 
Carly Simon's You're So Vain or something, which was my original choice. But I was like, oh my god, that has a lot of, like, dead moments where it's just, like, a guitar. And I was like, I don't think that that would be helpful for, like, a long distraction. Yeah, unless you got a lot of, like, gyration. Like, a lot of, like, dancing and, like, yeah. hip movement. I th- what did I go with? Kiss from a Rose? You did Seal's Kiss from a Rose, yes. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You did the Bee Gees more than a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Mm, that works, Solid too. choices all around. Yeah. yeah, you know, you need like you need songs like that that would people would just be like, what is going on? And you can, you can throw in some, like, different wahs and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on the exact same page, Michael. Yeah, just anything where you can, like, keep the style, like, always changing is kind of fun. You know? Exactly. exactly. You can do variants. You can do your own cover. So it could be Janis Joplin, Dusty Springfield. Michael DeManico, the three people who <laughs> sang the song the best. I know, and also doing a Janis Joplin impression, like, then you can just start doing 30 Rock jokes from that season where Jenna was trying to be Janis Joplin, and then you can just, you have a whole second act. <laughs> yeah, you can keep it going if they need extra time. Michael, yeah. we need to vamp, start the 30 Rock stuff, do 30 yeah. Rock, do 30 Rock. <laughs> okay, the question of the hour, did you like this movie? Oh my god, I, like, don't want to disappoint anyone. You can't, you know, you could say no. Be honest. Like, if Okay, like yeah, my fun. honest opinion, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but there were aspects of it that were interesting. Would I rewatch it, like, religiously the way some people do? <clears throat> Us? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I would be able to rewatch it much. Why didn't, what didn't you like about the movie? It just feels like one of those movies, especially for the first, like, 40 minutes, it almost just feels more like an assortment of scenes and, like, possibly just an extended music video than it, like, does a movie. I think it starts to pick up when it's, like, 30 or 40 minutes in and he's like, I'm a cop, and you're like, holy shit. There's an actual story here. Yeah, there's some tension. Yeah, like, it took me a while to kind of get into it. Like, then there's, like, the whole, like, red herring stuff where it's like, it's not gonna be them, it's gonna be this, like, new gang and, like, whatever. And then it's, like, not and actually is originally Dominic and everything, and I was like, huh. Feels kind of like a letdown. I thought that they I don't know. I was expecting it maybe to go in different directions, and I don't even know what those directions would be, but I was like, oh, now I feel like I just wasted all that time with that other gang, and now it's like, it, he was right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, is when he comes out and he's like, you know it's Dom and his crew, right? Like, even the cop comes, they tell you in the movie, he like, it's, it's Dom. It was Dom yeah. the whole time. Like, you know it's Dom. And everybody does know it's Dom, but then like, you know, that you start seeing trans crew, and you're like, maybe it's not. And then, nope, it's them the whole time. Yeah, and I don't love car chases as a very specific action set piece. (laughs) So that's probably not great for, like, Fast and the Furious, because it's like, oh, we have another set piece, it's going to be a car chase. And I was like, oh no, not again. So I I feel like it's kind of like Mad Max Fury Road, and I saw a lot of Mad Max Fury Road in this movie, like, I think that they definitely use very similar styles in terms of just, like, and then there's a huge truck, and then the small cars around it, and then a motor, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was not into Mad Max Fury Road at all for very similar reasons, where I was like, oh my god, these, like, car chases are just 20 minutes long. And I get that's very impressive, but I'm like, oof, it just does not keep my interest. So I think that car chases as a thing just aren't for me. That's totally fine. Maybe you don't like the car stuff. Maybe you don't like the red herring stuff. How do you feel about the love stories in this movie? Like, between Brian and Mia? And between Brian and Dom. Oh, And Brian and, and Dom and Letty. And Dom there's and Letty. three love stories that run through this movie. And maybe even between Vince and Dom. Yeah. That's a good question. So me and Brian, me and Brian, Brian, ha- you know, he starts out, he has to infiltrate the family, but he, he does have a crush on Mia. And then yeah. they kind of like work out. 
It almost made me a little irritated at Mia, though. What part? When he reveals to her that he's a cop, I think that she's the first one who he tells. Yes. Because he has to, like, go save them from that truck guy. Yeah. I'm really good at recounting the plot. But, uh... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Trust me, we know the plot. Everybody everybody that is listening knows the plot, so yep. we're, you don't have to worry about that. Just get us close to it, and we'll figure it out. I understood her motivation because he's like, they're going to kill, like, Dom and whatever, unless I can, like, get to them. Yes. But she, like, almost, like, a little too quickly, he's like, I'm a cop. Like, I've been, like, infiltrating your gang. <laughs> and a little too quickly, she's like, get in my car. I was like, oh my god, girl, like, have, like, a conversation with me. I know that there's, like, I know it seems like everything's so rushed and we have to get there, blah, blah, blah. But you guys drive, like, 180 miles per hour anyway. Like, it can't be that far. Like, <laughs> like I assume you'll catch up if you're not following any traffic laws in this, like, expansive desert. So I just felt like she really could have taken a moment to be like, time out, one sec, let's talk about the fact that you're a cop. i do want to see that deleted scene right where she's like wait a minute that's like if i were the screenwriter that would have been like my like punch up i would have been like there's definitely a scene here they would be like wait what it like completely kills the action i'm like no there's definitely a heart to heart here where he talks about how he like became a cop because like his dad was a crooked cop and he like wanted to correct the sins of the father i'm like there's a whole thing but alas we were deprived of that i don't see a world that exists in which a girl that was like Mia would have just been like, eh, okay, you're absolutely right. There had to be a conversation that, that happens. Even in the car. She'd yeah. be like, get in the car and she'd be like, come on, what the fuck's going on here? I mean, they're really relying on your understanding that she's going to do anything for her brother. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it kind of does betray her character that like, oh yeah, like let's just, let's just go ahead and just throw caution to the wind. Because I feel like even on the ride there, like aside from the phone call that he makes, like I feel like there's got to be some awkward silences that you could fill in with some kind of debate and conversation and wait, what's actually happening? So yeah, like the one I propose, like I guess they don't have to go to like the local coffee shop and like sit down for like tea and discuss all of their differences. <laughs> like they, they could probably later. just do it in the car. No, they but do yeah. that later. It's in it's, it's another movie. They do the exact same thing. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But also all the reasons I'm attacking Mia are also all the reasons that I like low-key kind of like her because she like does put the safety of other people above like her loyalty to some like stupid gang or whatever. She's like, okay, like I guess that we should actually care that they're about to be killed by this guy. As yeah. opposed to being like, oh, I'm like too emotional to like even deal with this. So I kind of do like that aspect of it, but it did feel like a little weird that it felt like unaddressed in this movie. The core of Brian and Mia, do you like them together? Do you like how this played out? Other than the whole like she didn't tell them the, or the cop situation? Is it a cute love story? I don't know if I would call it cute. It also felt like weird because it felt like, wait, who's the other guy in the gang who like beats up Paul Walker at the beginning? Vince. Vince, yeah. So it feels like like Vince like clearly has feelings for Mia. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then like Paul Walker's like making out with Mia in like their shared house. And I was like, this just feels like kinda weird. But I don't think anybody like I don't think the gang really lives there. Like Mia lives there with Dom and Letty, but like Vince and Leon and them, I think they live somewhere else. Like, they don't ever say it, but it feels like they do. It's more like headquarters than it is, like, necessarily their house, I guess. But yeah, fair. I do like their romance, and I feel like it would be something I would be more invested in in the later movies. Like, I would be totally fine with them continuing that but it, it like when it developed i was like oh god this is so awkward vince is in the other room he sees you guys but yeah you know i guess i'm just more of a like prude about this <laughs> both of those relationships both brian and mia and then brian and dom are really the lifeblood of this entire franchise and as the movies go on there's again sort of this like back and forth this up and down as they kind of reconcile with the fact that brian 
saved them but also betrayed them. And so if you do at all care about those relationships, and especially, you know, we talk they a lot about... They become a much bigger part of the movies. Exactly. We talk a lot about how this is basically just a remake of Point Break with, you know, Keanu and Swayze, then also Keanu and Laurie Petty, and yes. all of that going on. Like, if you care about these characters, like, the, the, the sort of the journey that they go on, and Mia as this character who sort of has to reconcile with the fact that she's dating a guy who's not the guy that she thought he was... Uh, the movie, the later movies actually do a really good job of, especially if you like the characters. Like if you're invested in these movies because you like the characters, I feel like they they do a good job of elaborating on those up. relationships. Then you get to Brian and Dom, yeah. and like this whole super like sexually tense relationship that they have. Right? Brian like loves Dom a yep. lot. How do you how do you feel about this one? Like how that plays out? So I have like a question about the end because Go ahead. So, so Brian's a cop, right? Yep. Yes. So well established that he's a narc. So yes. he at the end there's like <laughs> another car chase where two members the of the gang like r- drive by with their machine gun things on yep. their okay. bikes and yeah. then he chases them. And then the cops are coming, right? Because like after they've killed the two gang members or whatever. Yes. He gives Vin Diesel the keys to his car and he's like, get out of here, right? It's kind of like, like we respect each other. Like, here's like the love that I have for you that I'm like willing to let you go. Yep. But then the other part of me was, so like, that's nice. But then the other part, (laughs) then the other part of me was like, yeah, but like, I don't know what happens in the sequel. So maybe this will be answered. But I was like, well, obviously Paul Walker's not going to get in that much trouble. Like he's an actual cop. So he should let the other guy go. Like, they engaged in that whole thing together. Like, why would he throw this guy under the bus? And then he's the cop who gets off because he's law enforcement, so whatever. And then he's like, yeah, but Dom should go to jail. So I was like, I don't know. Like, I kind of, like, there's some payoff to it, but the whole time I was like, when he... It's, like, different when Dom hears police sirens and he's, like, been in jail than when, like, Paul Walker hears police sirens and and is a member of the police force. Mm -hmm. You're so built to hear the rest, like, to watch the rest of these movies. Because, like, all of these things that you, like, question are... There's a scene later where Dom's, like, in a different movie, Dom's like, when I hear police sirens... Like, I don't stop. Oh. Like, I've been to jail, and, like, I like I won't go back. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, you, you're picking up exactly on, on what's going on and what they hash out later. So, I mean, he gives him the, the keys because he, he likes them and he wants them to get away. And, and I think that he wants to continue the chase kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's all their relationship is based on, is, like, that he has to catch him. And if he catches him, then they're over. And he has to keep chasing him to keep like you know catching him so it's like the, an extended like tom hanks leonardo dicaprio and catch me if you can where it's yeah. like the thrill exactly. of the chase overcomes tom hanks's like better judgment yeah exactly and shout out hanks for the memories coming in a year or so to that feed catch me Ooh. if you can go check Great that movie. out later love that movie one of his best each lap we have uh, a new question that we ask so the mm-hmm. the second lap it was the building a family lap, so we talked about the most and least family moments from each film, you know, mm-hmm. what signified family. Last lap, we had our friend Mike on every episode, and so we had, you know, which, we, we called it the ride-along, and so we were talking about, you know, which car scene you want to be a part of. This lap, uh, I don't know if you noticed, because we thought it was a much bigger deal in this movie than it actually was, but at one point, it's in one of the, the many car scenes, Dom is wearing a big sort of diamond-studded cross necklace. And so we are tracking that necklace through all eight films because it goes from, like, hero to villain, becomes a symbol, becomes a plot device. It's, like, all this different stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. It's like the sis- We call it the Sisterhood of the Traveling Chain. Yes. 
because it, you know, it keeps showing back, it shows back up, and it has different meanings for different things. And it fits and different everyone have perfectly. It. it fits everyone mm-hmm. perfectly, yes. So we're calling this a walk-down memory chain, and so the mm-hmm. question that we're asking this lap, and I know that this is sort of a weird question considering you just saw this movie for the first time, but uh-huh. when you think of this movie, what is the first thing you think of? Or what is, like, your, like, if you, in a year, think back and think about this movie, like, what's the memory? Like, what it can about be anything. this movie, a scene, a character, a moment, a line, whatever, what's your the first thing that comes over to your water head? in front of you, doesn't matter. Yep. Anything. What's the first thing that comes to your head when you think about The Fast and the Furious? This one oh my movie. God. This is, like, like a Rorschach test or something. Yeah. I'm, like, staring at this, like, ink blob, and I'm like, hmm... Okay, exactly. what comes to my yep. mind... Ooh, I actually have an answer, because this is, like, the... I was telling Walter about watching the movie, and I was like, my biggest takeaway was this, and this is what I will remember, is how blue Paul Walker's eyes are. Yeah! <laughs> yes! They're so blue. The blue eyes. It's like Paul Newman. I don't it's know if crazy. you know this about us, but but Joe and I had an entire, and we just did a new episode, an entire Zac Efron podcast, and we talked about his <laughs> bluest of blue eyes. So we would read the IMDb trivia that like people write in, mm-hmm. because it's always like all this random shit. Yeah. And one of the facts was, well, what, what fucking movie was it? I want to say it was either the one with Piper, or it was the one with Amanda no, Crew from Silicon Valley Girl. It was Ghost Girl. Brother. It was Dead Ghost so, Brother. So Silicon Valley Girl, yeah. That was, uh, oh god, what was that movie? Charlie St. Cloud. Charlie St. Cloud. And like somebody, <laughs> and some, we're, we're just assuming it's like a teen girl wrote in. Hold uh, on, let me see if I can find the exact one. No, I know it. It's okay, like go ahead. verbatim. It was just like, <laughs> in this movie, Zac Efron has the bluest blue eyes. And that was the that was the trivia <laughs> fact on IMDb. So like so whenever we like bring up bluest blue eyes, like twenty six of forty two found this interesting. Zach Efron's eyes look more blue in this movie than his previous movies. You can see more dark blue in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is trivia wow. on IMDb, and we, and we were like, you know, kind of useful trivia. It's not wrong. It's yeah. not wrong. Yeah, it, she's <laughs> she's got it right. So we have been uh, sort of smitten with uh, blue eyed movie hunks since then for both Paul Walker and Zac Efron, and also to a certain extent. Although, I don't know, does Gosling have blue eyes? I don't know. I don't know. I think I so. Know. But at least Paul Walker and Zac Efron, so. Maybe he has, like, greenish eyes. I'm so glad that you, uh, that's that, that's your big takeaway from this, because that is, yeah. it, it means more to us than you could possibly know. Yeah, you have no idea how deeply that, that, that resonated, so. Yeah, no, I mean, just, like, looking at him, I was like, whoa, this is, like, almost distracting. <laughs> yeah, there's some scenes that they, like, and I think it's, like, the color, the color, tones that they mm-hmm. shoot it in yeah. that his eyes are just like really piercing because like the whole background will be like an orange or something like yeah. that because they're in california and then he's just like blue so yeah. yeah joe what about you what's your memory chain what do, you, what do you remember most when you think of the fast and furious what do you think of the first movie i think of cable boxes that were hacked to let you steal cable oh, okay yeah that's what i think of because that's the first i saw it on stolen cable when I was a child. So I remember the cable box with like just the two digit numbers and the remote. It was like that nice rectangle and everybody had the same cable box and the same remote. That's what I remember of this movie. I love it. Yeah. So it doesn't really have anything to do with the movie. It's just sort of no. the experience of the movie itself. Yeah. Like if, if I could put one of those up next to my TV while I watch the movie, I think I'd get a much better viewing experience for me. You know, if you spent $220 on that TV on eBay, maybe they would throw <laughs> in that cable box and that remote. <laughs> True, very, very true. Maybe they would. Can I just say that, like, the plot of this movie is that they're trying to, like, rob a Radio Shack, and, like, that's (laughs) what they're trying to do, and I'm like, wait, I hope it gets, like, I hope the heist get, like, a little bit more interesting than just, like, your local electronics store, like, is having its, like, TV stolen. (laughs) Yeah, oh, it gets, yeah. Because it's also We we scale up pretty quick. It's so funny that it's, like, 
It's literally this, like, out-and-out, like, gang war. Like, the truckers all have shotguns now. And it's literally to protect literal TVs and, like, DVD players. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I feel like there has to be something, like, slightly more valuable before you're like, I'm going to kill a man over this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we go from TVs and DVD players to, like saving the universe real quick in these movies like okay well that's better yeah i mean like not the universe but it's yeah like the world like you know what i mean like you go from like tv's dvd players to like huge like nuclear weapon codes and stuff like that pretty quick so i mean i can only imagine how dramatic they get because like if this is how they how much they cared about like vcrs i can only imagine how much they care about like actual nuclear weapons oh yeah yes if you do want to continue i have two two places to go either from here so either continue to watch them in order and just go to the second one or jump ahead and watch five because five is the first one that i came in on and i feel like five is the one where it really transcends to become like an amazing action movie four is kind of like a reboot of the franchise but if you have any interest at all and if you don't that's totally fine Carol is always out there for you to watch if you want to watch yeah. Carol again. Especially tonight, you know. Especially People tonight. Birthday. Five is sort of like this, that you can just sort of, like, that's where The Rock enters the franchise. Yes. And it's this whole new, like, it's the characters that you kind of sort of need to know, but at the same time, it's this, like, transcendent, sort of bigger than the story kind of movie. And so, Also, it's the Italian watch, job, too. Yes. It's the continuation to the, it's the sequel to the Italian job replaced with Fast and the Furious characters. Yeah. Oh my god, I never saw the Italian job. The Mark Wahlberg one? Yes. Yeah, I never saw The that. Charlize Theron one, excuse Wait, me. Wait, is Charlize oh. Theron in these movies, or did I make that up? She's in the eighth one. Oh, okay. Because I was kind of expecting her to pop up, and then she didn't. And I was like, what? Isn't Charlize here? <laughs> Just in no. One. If she was in Just all of them, the I would love one. that. Oh man. In Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Your favorite, Kate Blanchett shows up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility for Kate Blanchett to show up in these movies, because in 8, Helen Mirren shows up. So, like, you yeah. might be sucked into this universe again, sort of against your will, just because of her appearance in this movie. Like, I could totally see any actor, Keanu Reeves is rumored now, Kate Blanchett, whoever, could just show up. So there, there might be these movies again in your future anyway, just by Kate uh, Blanchett alone. Yeah, I mean, girls gotta eat, you know? You gotta, Amen. Get you gotta, the bag. Gotta pay those bills. No such thing as a free lunch. No, amen. So I think the thing that I remember most, and I think this is because it's a iconic shot, shout mm-hmm. out Brian, of High School Slumber Party, but also I think because at the end of 7, when they do that like sort of farewell to Paul, this yeah. shot is in there too. I just have my, my, my memory burned into my brain, the cars jumping the railroad track, bursting through the the railroad sign and just mm. the wood splintering the train going by in the background like that's just like that one shot in my brain i think it sums up this movie most yeah. associate this movie with because that's also you know, like we were saying earlier what michael was talking about earlier when brian gives dom the keys and just lets him go because that is sort of the one last ride sort of together and then the beginning of a beautiful friendship so i think that's yeah. what i think that's what sticks out to me the most in this movie it's a good one we, we i think we stretched the whole gambit here we got a little bit of everything with that <laughs> michael do you have a particular favorite character you're sort of singing the praises of mia but you don't love her entirely is there a character here that you like most more than anybody else i mean who's the guy that i found really attractive um... <laughs> Wait, Ricky Yoon? He plays Johnny Tran? Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Boy, do we have some fan fiction for you. Oh yeah, I just thought he was, like, attractive, so I was kind of into him in terms of, like, a more superficial level. But, like, I didn't love the story that he was involved in. But if I had to choose, like, a favorite character, I think... I kind of liked Michelle Rodriguez the most. Okay. 
Yeah, Buddy's pretty badass. It just felt like she had a lot of, like... Like, she didn't have as much to do in this movie as I assume she will over the course of, like, seven or eight movies. You would be surprised. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of a bummer, because I felt like her character was, like, kind of fun. Like, I was like, ooh, I feel like she's, like, giving me some, like... Depends on the movie, man. Backstory. Sometimes she has a lot to do, sometimes she doesn't. Mm. Doesn't? (laughs) Yeah. Then they criminally underuse her, because I thought that she was interesting in this. And I was like, oh, I'm excited to see where this Letty thing goes. And it doesn't totally go that many places, at least in this movie, but I I thought that she was an interesting character. And I I think that the performance is what drew me in more than necessarily, like, the writing of the character. You like the the sniff sniff skanks <laughs> yeah i know there were moments like that when i was like oh my god literally what's happening but i was also kind of like we do stand michelle rodriguez so here we are yeah so how do you feel about, i have like a tiny question how do you feel about watching the movie that is so like time like so dated how does it feel watching it now because I, w- I won't have this experience you know what i mean like did it feel super dated to you were you accepting of it did it feel stale nostalgic like how how did that fit into the realm when you were watching it so something that like literally came across my mind when i was watching it was that like all of the like race cars look like cars that you race on like a ps2 game like everything just looks like you're about to like choose it for like auto racer 7 or some some, like random game on a (laughs) ps2 or whatever like you're about to be like ooh, like hot wheels like that like stupid green car that he has with the like hydraulic (laughs) fuel like whatever that is (laughs) So, like, there are parts of that where I was like, oh my god, this literally feels like I'm about to, like, choose some, like, awful speed game, or even, like, almost an arcade game. But no, it felt it felt more PS2, because, you know, PS2, yeah. I think, really leaned into the Fast and Furious aesthetic with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did it feel super dated? Not to give you the world's most annoying answer, but I'm like, it didn't feel not dated. But uh, <laughs> just to, like, double negative until the end of time. It doesn't feel super dated. It obviously, like, even the moment of her calling those girls skanks, I was like, wow, that is, like, not something someone would write in a movie right now, where it's, like, exactly. female character talking to the other female characters, you're gonna call them skanks. And I was like, okay. Like, that probably wouldn't happen today. But it doesn't feel like super outdated or anything because I also just feel like it's not it doesn't get into like anything like the electronics if anything or like the most dated part where I was like why are they fighting over this but it doesn't get into anything like super problematic or super like timely like it doesn't like try and like dive into like this is the issue of the moment right like it's like it's almost like a movie that could just they could just be stealing anything, and they would just be, like, group tensions among... So in that way... And in some ways, like, it is, like, a pretty diverse movie. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be cool. as diverse. Yeah, maybe, we, we I don't know if lot. I had an expectation, but I was like, ooh, there are a lot of, like, different-looking people in this. This is fun. Yeah. I thought it was just gonna be, like, all white guys. We sell this a lot whenever we talk about it. We think it's a very diverse franchise, and they keep it up throughout the, throughout the films. Like, they don't try to, like, whitewash it later or anything like that. Honestly, and this might sound weird, I think this kind of might be the whitest movie in the bunch. It oh. is, yeah, to me, yeah. Like, in 2, they add in Tyrese and Ludacris and Ava Mendez, and then they obviously bring in The Rock later, and they bring in, you know, Natalie Emanuel, who plays... 3 is totally Asians, because it's in Tokyo. Yeah, so like, it's... there's a, there's a lot of, like, it's a very diverse, inclusive franchise, to the point where, actually, here's a little teaser taster. So I mentioned earlier Nico, who loves BT, I talked about him in the uh, the Fast and Furious Minute when we did that before, Joe, but uh, Nico and his husband, who do Husbands Talking More or Less here on the Cage Club Podcast Network... At some point in the future, 
Uh, they're going to join us for an entire lap to talk specifically about the diversity and inclusivity. Because I don't know that they've seen any of these movies, but they know how, to your point, Michael, how diverse and how this feels like a very kind of welcoming, like sort of in a way, Michelle Rodriguez, a way that Lost sort of was, where you could sort of see yourself on screen no matter what type of person you were. I feel like there's a lot of representation here in a way that a lot of other franchises kind of don't offer. From the jump, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely stood out to me. Like, I, like, had that actual thought when I was watching it. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is not what the cast I was expecting, at least for the first one, for a movie that came out in, like, 2001 or something. Yeah. It's something that I definitely enjoy. I think that it is based around, like, the fact that the car community is pretty inclusive. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not really, like, any one set stereotype for, like, car car guys are their own stereotype. It doesn't, it's not based on, like, race or even, like, gender, stuff like that. Like, you can have car people, car enthusiasts of, like, any anything so yeah so i have a couple little uh observations that i never noticed before joe if you're ready for these um (laughs) kick them off and michael you can also of course chime in because i feel like i'm trying to i'm going to try to keep this as specific to this movie as possible and not sort of go to the full franchise but you know the beginning we see the heist right and we see that everybody's in the the biker helmets and they're in the cool cars and the neon underglow and i was just wondering who from our family who from the crew is the one who gets into the truck with the guy like, is it Leon? Is it Vince? Is it Letty? Like, I, probably not Dom, because looks sort of too thin, too sort of, you know, not... Dom as... seems like he's, like, the quarterback, right? Right. He's the one who's, like, making sure everything's working. I don't think he would let Letty do it, because Letty's, like, he's protective of her, right? So she kind of has to play second string to him. I mean, I guess we could maybe assume it's Vince, because Vince is I'm the guessing one who it's gets Vince. caught at the end, right? Where yeah. he almost loses his arm at the end, so maybe it's that. But I was just wondering, I never thought about, like, who that is, because we, we know who it is, we just don't know, like, whoever it Which... is, we know who that person is, but we just don't know who it actually is in the cab there. Yeah, it has, I, th- I would have to guess it's Vince. Yeah, as someone who's never seen any of the other ones, I just assumed that the movie was telling me it was Vince. Like right. That, that was, like, yeah. my assumption. <laughs> One of the first times we see Brian driving, like, we see him doing his, like, donuts or whatever in the beginning, and he says shit, and he's trying to get better. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to learn how to drive in a parking lot. But then when we see him driving his work vehicle back to the, the auto body shop, uh, or the the, par- the parts store, he, like, yeah. crashes his truck into the curb. Does he? It hits, it makes a sound, like, the, the truck hits the curb, and, like, it makes, like, a little, like, crash sound. I was like, how are you going to hit the curb? Did you think the actor did that, or do you think that's, like, part of the, the script? I don't know. Either way, like, I think if it wasn't part of the script, like, I don't know, because he's in sort of a huff when he comes in there, like, he's, like, all worked up, so maybe that's yeah. it. But I feel like if Paul Walker did that, like, you could just take that sound out. Wait, are you talking about when he, after he gets beat up and he drives to work? Yeah, that's after he gets beat up at, with the sandwich shop. Yeah. And he, like, pulls in really angry? Yes. Yeah, no, I thought that that was just supposed to be because he was angry that he had, like, gone into this, like, fight with the, so he was, like crashing into things like on purpose Mm. i distinctly remember watching that because i was like oh no like we're not that far into this movie i'm already getting anxious about all these cars hitting into things it it, like stood out i was like oh my god it's gonna be a long one (laughs) (laughs) and we've talked about this before to a certain extent but i like that there is a Ja Rule song playing behind <laughs> ja, Rule. ja Rule speaking. Yes. Ah! <laughs> the fact that he's in this movie is so funny. In this movie. <laughs> isn't there two Ja Rule songs in this movie? There's, there's at least one. There. one. The credits. Isn't it the credit song Ja Rule? Then there's maybe three, because I think there's like another one in the middle somewhere, too. In that scene where 
Dom beats Brian in the street race, and he's like, you, you, you thought you had me? You never had me. You never had your car. Like, yes. that's mm-hmm. the crowd that I want to have in Fate of Furious, Furious 7, like the movies, the later movies, where there's just people around everyone, but nobody's reacting. Like, here, it feels like a World Star video, where it's just like, yes. people are just like reacting and emoting and like, oh, Going shit! nuts. And we don't see that later. We talked about that with Mike. Like, later movies, it doesn't happen. And it's a bummer. Yeah, I want I want more explosive extras. Like I want extras that really are excited to be there and like want to be seen in the movie. Like the scene in Havana where like they win and like everybody's silent and everybody's quiet and nobody's like jumping around and stuff. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. I wish. I wish they were more explosive like this. I have one. Oh, go ahead. When Dom gets into Johnny Tran's garage, he says like, "Look, there's no engines." He says, "What do they plan on racing with? Hopes and dreams?" And I was wondering, is that like thoughts and prayers for racers? Ooh, maybe. So it's like a, on a SAT test, it's like thoughts and prayers is to <laughs> Republicans as blank is to racers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. Very minor one. When they were at the party, uh, Vince is playing on like a Zach Wilde guitar, like that white and black circle guitar, which I never noticed before. Oh, I've never seen that. No. There's also two ladies making out at the party. Like, it's just like a, hey, we're going to sexualize some stuff. So here's two ladies making out at the party that's just in the, in the corner of the room, which is... Yeah, I did I did notice that. Alternatively, I want, like, a spinoff where those women become, like, fully formed characters. <laughs> I'm like, I want to know about the lesbians in the gang and, like, what they do in their spare time. <laughs> so the one thing that's really not really well represented in the franchise are gay characters. Like, there's not a mm. lot going on here that... We don't see that on screen. There is one character in two uh, who is probably a lesbian or at least bi and then we have a real strongly hinted we have a yeah. pet theory here on the net on, on the show that the rocks character is gay we have i guess hopes or we have an idea i think that was mike's theory right mike manzi's theory yeah it would be cool in terms of representation and everything if this really manly badass character just like oh my boyfriend or whatever like we think that'd be really kind of cool just drop in on my boyfriend yeah, zero hints to that but that's our, our goal. Yeah, especially when you have Paul Walker. I'm like, come on, there was so much opportunity for that to turn into a gay thing. He's so beautiful. Well, we never got there before yeah. we lost him, so. Yeah. I don't know, I never noticed this before, but when, so when Mia and Brian are doing the dishes, and then Vince comes in drunk and is just being obnoxious to Brian, yes. and then Mia's like, hey, why don't you take me out to dinner to Brian? They're watching a Bruce Lee movie. They're watching uh, the Bruce, or Dragon the Bruce Lee story, which is also directed by Rob Cohen, who directed this movie. Uh, but I kind of uh, want to see a movie night in this world, in this family. I was going to ask you what the movie was, and then I remembered when we got to the Fast and Furious Minute, we could like talk about what the movie and stuff is. But I was going to see if anybody knew what that movie was. So, good. Yep. It's it's a Bruce Lee movie that Rob Cohen also directed. It's Dragon the Bruce Lee Story. So I don't know if it's like a documentary or like a retelling or whatever, but I think, yeah. Or maybe it's just cool. a movie. I don't know. Love the self-promotion. Wouldn't it be much cooler if they were watching, like, Bullet? Yeah. Or like a old car movie, right? Like that's what I assume they would be watching. I get that it's it's cool that it's another Rob Cohen movie, but I also wanted them to be watching like a car movie. Wouldn't it be great if they were just watching like The Sound of Music or something? And everyone was <laughs> yes, like, we're just trying that. to have a chill night. Yeah, <laughs> like Mean Girls, you know, like yeah. something. We're just like Working Girl or something, like Melanie Griffith vibe. Like I don't yeah. know. I feel like you could go a lot of different ways. Like exactly. Sophie's Choice, if they're in like a bummer of a movie. Sophie's mood. Choice. Oh god, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> One thing I could not stop thinking about is how much The Rock would be sweating in this movie because I feel like everybody in this movie on average is sweaty. Vin is sweaty and Michelle Rodriguez is sweaty. It just Rodriguez seems like a hot sweaty. set. Yeah. They like shot it in California at like a peak like humid time, right? Like it seems like it's just hot. And The Rock and Hobbs are all it's all he's always sweaty. And like I wonder how sweaty he would be 
MSG. Yeah, very, very sweaty. Couldn't stop thinking listening. about that. I think that's all of my new observations. I have a little bit of trivia, but uh, Joe, did you have anything before we go back to Michael? Is there anything that you saw this time around that you want to want to make note of? If Dom and Letty kind of like invented race wars, yep. Then actually, hold on, race... Michael. What? what do you think of the name race wars? <laughs> oh god, not what I would choose. <laughs> Like, of all the possible things when they're writing the script, they're like, yeah, race, race wars. wars sounds good. Yeah, like, that definitely has no other connotations, and we're totally good. We don't even have to double-check it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking, but, you know, it is what it is, folks. It stayed. It lasted. I can't wait for, like, a plot point in a future movie to be like, there's a lot of outrage about race wars. We actually had to change it because we were canceled <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> Spoiler, race wars comes back. No one has a problem with it. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, it's still race wars. They're still really amped about it. They bring it back like much, much later, and like a very and it's even bigger. Movie. Like it's even more popular. I mean, listen, maybe it's a commentary on the diversity of the movie, and they're like, we we can have all these races boring and still be friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stretch, oh, but you never know. True. How meta can we get? <laughs> so, so if Dom and Letty invented race wars, yeah, is this just like? Is Race Wars just the minor leagues for Dom to find new people to join the crew? Hmm. Like a recruiting league? Because it's just drag races, so it seems like it's more of, like, fun and a party. But he says to Brian, like, let's see how you do at Race Wars, and then we'll talk afterwards about, like, getting Brian in the crew to, like, you know, start robbing But I feel like if that's the case, and I think that could be the case, like, he definitely didn't get Jesse from Race Wars, unless he saw Jesse working on some guy's car who then won Race Wars by a mile. You know what I mean? Like, Because Jesse is not a good racer. Jesse's a brilliant mechanic and guy behind the scenes, the designer, not the racer. Yeah. So maybe there's either other things that we don't see, or we also see, you know, Mia explains to Brian over dinner, like, where everybody came from, and it feels like everybody's just sort of around. But I do like that idea a lot, that, like, this is just, this is his his battlegrounds, or his, his hunting grounds for new Exactly. Talent. That's what it would seem like to me. Like, if you invented this, like, yeah, you're making money, but if you're also doing this on the side, and, like, everybody's kind of involved, then, like, you're kind of scoping out new people to join your crew. Yeah. That was just a thought that I had this time watching it. Michael, what else What else about this movie do you want to talk about? Is there anything else that you really want to make note of that you either really liked or didn't like or didn't understand or want to bring up before we uh, play a couple games here at the end? I guess the only other thing that I, I just, like, didn't connect with, and maybe this becomes bigger in later movies, but, like, the character of Jesse, I, like, yeah. did not understand. I, like, didn't know what was happening with him. Well, he dies. He gets so... shot and killed at the end, so nothing oh, else Oh, wait, comes okay, because, so he gets, like, shot, right? And then, like, Michelle Rodriguez rushes over to him, or is it Mia? I actually kind of forget. But one of them rushes Mia, over to him. Yeah. Paul Walker takes off, and then Vin Diesel takes off, and whoever the woman left behind with this, like, dying guy is like, no! <laughs> and they're like, we have to do what we have to do. Whatever. They don't even say anything. They just get in the car and go. She just, like, left there. And I was like, okay, first of all, one, is he dead? But I guess he is. And second of all, like, what? Who was Jesse? I, like, don't really get who he was. Like, he, like, shows up to be like, I really like math. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know what he added. He likes math, so then you're like, oh, that's a human being. Oh, he gets killed? I'm upset. <laughs> I think that the role in the crew is that Jesse is, like, the one who, like, soups up their cars. Like, he doesn't do the manual labor as much, but he, like, knows how to make the cars faster oh. because he's good at math and good at design. Because he has this, like, ADHD, like, autistic thing going on, he, like, can figure out engines very well. And we know that because Dom says 
when Brian blows up the first car, like, we have to take the car back, let the mad scientist, and who he means Jesse, rip the block apart, whatever, like, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, the engine mastermind. Maybe not physically putting it together, but he, like, knows the concept of it the best. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be like, he's their accountant. And I was like, oh, okay. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> he makes sure that they have funds. I think, I think he's also kind of like a proto version of... Tej and Ramsey, who come later in later movies, because he's, he's a tech not guy. a hacker, but he's a tech guy. He's the computer guy. He finds out Brian's identity. Yeah. Right, like, he runs Brian's ID and finds out, although it's fake, that Brian did fake jail time. Yeah. And he's like, he could find anything on the internet type thing. Yeah. That actor also just reminded me so much of, like, Giovanni Ribisi. Yes. Did you think it was him because of Gone in 60 Seconds, or did you just think it was him? I've never seen Gone in 60 Seconds, so it definitely was wow. I would have been very surprised if you had seen Gone in 60 Seconds. He plays this exact role in a car movie. Yep. That came out the it, like, year he before. He plays the Jesse role. Giovanni Ribisi plays the Jesse role that came out one year before yeah. in, like, very similar movies, so... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Any other questions about these characters? And actually, and then if not, I have one question for you. No, I think that now that we cleared up like Jesse's scheme, yep, like role in the scheme of things, albeit for literally one movie because it gets shot at the end. Now that we've cleared that up, I, I'm good to move on. <laughs> Mike and I just did a Cage Club revisited for Gone in sixty seconds, which is going to come out in early June, so look for that in a couple weeks. Damn, there's a lot of similarities, obviously, between the two movies because they're both set around the same time, similar topics similar inspirational, yeah. different stuff. The movie studio, Universal, told producers they would greenlight this movie immediately if they cast Timothy Oliphant in the role of Dom. We had read or we had heard that Timothy yes. Oliphant was supposed to be in these movies. Mike and I were talking about this on the episode. We were assuming that he was going to be playing Brian, but no, they wanted him as Dom because he just came off playing uh, a cop in Gone in 60 Seconds and they wanted him in this and he said no and then they cast Vin Diesel and the movie got made anyway. But I just, I love Timothy Oliphant. You know, I love Justified. I love Santa Clarita Diet. I don't love Deadwood, but I love him on I Deadwood. I forgot that he was the other cop in... Him and Delroy in... Lindo, yeah. Oh, fuck. What is it? And she can be mean, right? Yeah. That's him. But I don't God. know that he works in this role. What do you guys think? Do you think that he works as Dom? No. No. Neither Dom nor Brian. Well, I could see maybe Brian more. But I like think Dom Brian I can see Brian more. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think it works. Now I'm like, I'm so into Paul Walker. There's a few other people I could see it being besides Paul Walker. He's not heartthrobby enough to be Brian for me. Mm. And he's not buff and tough enough to be Dom either. Right. I think in a lot of the characters, like in Dead with a Seth Bullock and as Raylan and as, well, I think in all of them, he's, he's sort of like a kind of by the books. Like he, he sort of plays by his own rules, but he's also like by the books kind of guy. I can sort of see him in the, the, the archetype of Brian. I don't know that he works as, like, the undercover guy, but I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I could see him more of, like, a Vince or a Leon, like, one of the other members of the crew, you know? Yeah. Like, not Dom or Brian. There was an alternate ending called More Than Furious that was filmed where Tanner drops Brian off at the Treader home. I don't know if we ever talked about this, because this doesn't sound familiar to me. Uh, and Brian sees Mia packing, intending to move away. Brian reveals that he resigned from the LAPD who let him go quietly, cool. and that he wants another chance with her. When Mia tells him it's not going to be that simple... Brian tells her he's got time, which, nothing but time. Nothing but time, yeah. And this ending was released in the collection bundled DVD version. So I don't know if it was like a bonus feature. I don't know if it's on the discs that we have. I was also thinking for a future lap, you know, this lap we're doing Turbocharged and we're doing the Los Bandoleros. So I feel like on a future lap, we do have to do the deleted scenes and stuff. Amen. So we'll find that at some point, but that's a kind of a wildly different ending. Very, very different. I don't know how it would work. It kind of boxes them in for the later films, too, right? Yeah. Like, I, I like the more open ending. It let them have more play later, so. And the 
only other thing that I found out about this movie that I learned about this movie is that there was a second soundtrack. There was the original soundtrack. There was also something called More Fast and Furious, which has both sort of instrumental score sort of stuff, like the BT stuff, but also just more songs. So I found that on the Wikipedia page. So that is <laughs> news to me. So I've got more songs to use in the closing episode. <laughs> which is awesome. So now, Michael, a very important question for you before we play a couple games. Mm-hmm. Will you, at any point in your future, watch another Fast and Furious movie? You know, it's it's a tricky question because you never you can know be honest. when someone's going to say, hey, do you want to be on a podcast? And you know what? I'll do anything for a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So never say never. Would I independently watch it? No. Okay. So your podcast, which we'll talk about at the end when we do our little Mm -hmm. plugs and stuff, but your podcast takes an actress at a time Mm -hmm. and sees what other movies were up against that actress's movie in the year that she was nominated for Best Actress. Mm -hmm. And so maybe in the future, Michelle Rodriguez is nominated for Best Actress (laughs) for Fast and Furious 12, and mm-hmm. you know is or up Avatar against... Seventeen, yeah, and Avatar Seventeen, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for your own podcast, you'll be. Who knows? Aren't they releasing like a new Avatar like every year for the next six years? Or we something? will never not have Avatar. It got delayed, but then they're releasing them like one year, two years, three. Like they're releasing them year after year after year, right? Mm-hmm. I think it alternates with Star Wars. So like twenty twenty one is going to be an Avatar. Twenty twenty two is going to be a Star okay. Wars. Twenty twenty three is Avatar three, I think, and then twenty twenty four is more Star Wars, so. Makes sense. which I love I th- because people will always have something to complain about about because you know <laughs> why does the internet exist other than to get mad at movies that you can just hey just don't go watch them just don't i know the my twitter stock is going way up so i'm Oof. i'm thrilled <laughs> when we started the podcast we found a <laughs> quiz on zimbio.com which was essentially a buzzfeed style quiz which fast and furious character j14 are you? i like to, i prefer to understand it as like a j14 style so we quiz. did that for basically a lap and a half and mm-hmm. we realized we can do this better and so we're still it's we're still kind of working the kinks that we're still making things better. But we've created our own quiz. Which Fast and Furious character are you? So mm-hmm. you probably only know about a quarter of these characters, but we're still okay. going to play the quiz because the questions don't have anything to do with the movies. They're just yeah. sort of themes to the your, movies. Your answers. And we're going to yeah. find out who you are. And if it's a character that you don't know, it's more incentive for you to watch future movies. Sure. Cool. Yeah, um, so are you point. ready to take this very important, very, uh, very telling quiz? I'm definitely going to get, like, the lesbians making out of the party. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, if they were no, a character. No, so we... <laughs> we've, we've done 20 characters. We did not go that in-depth. But, uh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So question number one, Michael, how fast are you? Each question has six answers. NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Um... I'm going to go with Prius. Okay. I like to be environmentally conscious as I go not very fast. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Great answer. Wonderful That's justification. Way to do it. Question number two. How furious are you? <laughs> are you the Hulk? Kylo Ren? Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time? <laughs> Mel Gibson? Charlie Ooh. Brown? Or Jack McBrayer? Wait, Jack McBrayer like Kenneth? Yeah. From 30 Rock? Yeah. I'm going to go with Kylo Ren, because I think I do a pretty good job of keeping it under the surface, but sometimes it comes out. (laughs) Okay. You and Mike Mansky, I guess guess it's just the name Mike, that you both seem like such kind, you know, genial people, and you're both harboring a a fury underneath that, like, we just rarely see, so. Yeah. All right, Michael, (laughs) we're having a barbecue. How -hmm. are you helping? Are you (laughs) manning the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment, or are you sneaking a snack? That's a really good question. I think I may have eluded your quiz, because I think the actual answer is just, like, 
I'm just like an object that's like there and isn't being productive, but okay. also like, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure like, I'm not doing anything socially productive, right? Like I'm not babysitting. I'm definitely not in charge of the grill. <laughs> like entertainment. Like, am I the entertainment? I'm not a clown. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'll have a snack. Okay. But like, yeah, Fair. I'll have a yeah. snack. All right. You've got time to kill. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Are you working on your car? Are you <laughs> hanging out with friends? Are you drinking a beer? Are you working out? Or are you doing some work on your computer? One of my issues with this is that I keep saying beer. And I'm like, if you change that to wine, I would have better answers. All right, we could do, we could do <sighs> drinking a drink. No, I'll, I'll, I'm working on my computer. Okay. Like, I'm probably doing some stupid thing on my computer right. as opposed to any of the other uh, real ones. That's I'm fair. definitely not working on my car. <laughs> yeah. As, like, a fun fact, I'm going to Long Island for the summer and stuff, and my dad was like, I'm going to have to re-give you driving lessons because you literally don't know how to drive. And I was like, yeah, that's totally <laughs> fair. I've been in Manhattan oh, far too long, and I don't know how to drive a car anymore. Oh, man. I'm 25. Awesome. Mm. Anyway. All right, Michael, describe your wedding. I'm <laughs> never getting married. It's just mm-hmm. me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Oh my god, what did Walter say to this? <laughs> I don't know if he did this quiz. This might have been... I don't think he did this one. I think we I think invented, we invented this after, after he took the... Because when he, whenever he comes back, we'll have to do this. Because I don't remember what he said. Okay, good. Because I was like, imagine if we have different answers. That's going to be an <laughs> awkward conversation. <laughs> I, whatever, you're just like, I don't remember. <laughs> What was the one about, like, backyard? It's what a backyard that? country affair. What's, like, country affair mean? Like, I don't want it to be, like, I think it's just, like, themes. you know, like, a low-key, like, not something super fancy, just sort of like a uh, a, back, a a backyard wedding. Okay. So it doesn't have to be, like, Red Dead Redemption or something? No, I don't like, think so. No. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not, like, that kind Yeehaw, of country they're just What is it? Like, uh, what's it? Horses in the back just playing on loop, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want any Casey Musgraves at my wedding. But uh, I'm uh, going to well, go... Well, you're, you're wrong there, but I, 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 I appreciate your... <laughs> you know your 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 choice but oh my god the yeehaw bitch um yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the 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 backyard one okay michael congratulations you just won the lottery what are you buying uh your own garage which i'm gonna say (laughs) definitely not the answer probably not yeah a private plane i'm gambling it all away my childhood home a fleet of cars or a new life my childhood home i feel like i could do better if i won the lottery uh feel like I'd want an upgrade. Um, I'm going to go with a new life. I'm going to go with a fresh start with my new lottery winnings. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's what I would pick. Fuck everyone else. I mean, we're in three of those, like, car-related, or, like, one of them was, like, a plane. Like, I'm not getting a plane. That's terrifying. Everyone who does, like, piloting as a hobby, like, dies within ten years. So, like, I'm kind of good. Like, we're all just kind of, like, waiting for Harrison Ford to, like, actually, like, severely crash that plane. Because it's happened, like, six times, and he keeps getting back in. So, not for me. I mean, there have been multiple Major League Baseball players who have retired and then died in private plane accidents. Yeah. People think it's, like, easy, and it's like... Yeah, it's a, if it was easy, we would all be flying. Yikes. All right, Michael, final question, and I'm sorry that mm-hmm. wine is not an answer, but oh, what is okay. your drink of choice? Belgian <laughs> ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having? Oh my god, that's so funny. Mine's definitely not whatever you're having, because I'm way too high maintenance. It's <laughs> um, fair. I'm definitely not, like, I'm a chill person. Like, I'm not like other girls. Like, I, like, do whatever. Like, no. I'm more of the person that's, like, every time the waiter comes around, I'm like, water's fine. So I'll, I'm gonna pick water. Okay. Joe, do you have any sense of who he is? 
no no idea. I'm usually really good at this game, but I was so hung up in how much fun Michael's answers were that like I can't. <laughs> I, I have no concept of what I'm going to guess. So, Michael, you are a character that you do not know yet. She does not oh, no. show up until the sixth movie. You are Ramsay. So you are Natalie Emanuel. That's a good choice. So yeah. if you watch, you watch Game of Thrones? I saw the first three seasons. So that's not going to help either. Daenerys Targaryen's no, handmaiden, Miss Sandy. Yeah. Natalie the Emanuel. Really cute one. So in this universe, uh, she is a computer hacker. She's beautiful. She's the object of a lot of people's affection. Uh, here is the description of who you are, as written by listener and often emailer uh, Wes Hampton. So, uh, Ramsey, you aren't what you seem like at first glance, and you often take people by surprise. Material mm. things don't mean all that much to you because you live the best parts of your life in your own mind. Solving mm. problems, learning new skills, inventing things, there's nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it, but that can also sometimes distract you from the world around you. Luckily, your analytical mind also allows you to quickly and accurately size up people, letting you know who to avoid and who's worthy of sticking your neck out for. Family keeps you safe, so you help keep your family safe. And you hack like the wind blows. Yes. Wow, that's that's good. That's a, that's a good yeah, answer. Yeah, Wes wrote these in, but yeah, they're all really good. So, I would give do this, you like that? this like personality quiz like five stars on Yelp. Like I feel totally seen by it. Well, thank you so much. This I, I am Ramsey. I would imagine you probably know how long this took, but this took a long time for us to do. So yeah, way yeah. longer than it should have. We spent way too much. There's there's so much back end arguing. The side, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just unfathomable yeah. time. Yeah. to do this shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, but no, that I was like a great that. answer. I really like it. Yeah. I also just googled her, and she's really cool. So I'm totally into it. Cool. So now here's a here's a game that we don't normally do, but I found a list. And if you don't want to play this game, we do not have to play this game. But um, <laughs> I found a list of ten actors from these movies and their net worth. Every it says it says every cast member's net worth. Mm-hmm. There's not every cast member. There's ten of them here. Yeah, there's so many more cast members. Oh my god, there's Jaw Rule in there. I'm at, let's see here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll let you know who they are because they're not in any. They're not quite in order, but they're sort of in order. So I want to make sure that they're in a different order. So here are the ten people on this list who are all in these movies eventually. So we have Charlie Theron, mm-hmm. we yeah. have Dwayne The Rock Johnson, mm-hmm. yeah. Gal Gadot, mm-hmm. Jason Statham, Jordana okay. Brewster, Kurt Russell, Ludacris, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, and Vin Diesel. Okay. So let me put these all... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put these in Discord so you guys take a look at them. Okay. Yeah, please. Oh, yeah, and I want you list. to sort of work together to figure I out... I think I got... I think some I of think them are top... easy and then some of them are harder. We're going we're gonna to see where you, how, you, how you wind up. Top one got to be The Rock, The Rock, Johnson, right? I would say The Rock is probably number one. Yeah. Okay. Then I got to go, like, probably Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel was the one that I was having. Because I was like, ooh, between The Rock and Vin Diesel. Yeah, so they got to be one and two, right? Yeah. Like, they have to be one and two. So, yeah, okay. I'm comfortable with Vin Diesel at two. The poorest one has to be... Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster. I agree with you, 100%. Okay. Just so you know, this is from this month. This is from May 2019. I don't know when the research was done, but this was published this month. So it's a... It's a I'm also list. positive it's 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Tyrese has to be right above Jordana Brewster. Yeah, I don't know who Tyrese is. He was like a former singer and is just in these movies now. And he also, like, his wife just took him for a bunch of money. So he could he, he could be, like, bottom one and two. Like, those are bottom one and two. We got top one and two, bottom one and two. I would also have to say, like, I don't think Gal Gadot is going to be very high on this list. Because she's only been Wonder Woman in, what, two movies at this point? Three? 
like sort of three, I guess. But like, I feel like she hasn't, because I think her husband's also really wealthy. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like her I don't know. net worth. You're right. I had her more towards middle. Charlize, I don't know. I think Kurt Russell got to be three, right? Because he's been around the longest. Okay, so my three, I'm going between. Uh, Kurt Russell's good, but I was thinking more Jason Statham or Charlize Theron, because Jason yeah, Statham is in like Statham. 800 movies every year. <laughs> Yeah, like but I don't just think Charlize works. is making all that bank, to be honest. I don't know. I like, feel I don't like think Charlize is doing pretty well, but she is probably more middle of the pack. But I would say Jason she's Statham above Kurt Russell. Okay, so Statham, then Russell. Yep. Then... then, then ooh, Ludacris. When was the last time he had a hit song, though, you know? Yeah, but he has but he has the liquor. He has what? like? Oh, um, does he? Conjure. He has Conjure... Conjure Cognac. Cognac. So, okay, so just to, just to recap. So right now you have from one to four, The Rock... Vin Diesel, Statham, and then Kurt Russell. And yes. then at the bottom, from 10 up, you have Jordana Brewster, and then Tyrese 9, and you have Gal Gadot 8. Is you decide on her 8? No, 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 no. Michelle Rodriguez is, is lower than Gal, for sure. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. She gotta be 8. Okay. Also, just like, what a tragic commentary and the fact that women get paid so much less. But anyway, go on. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Charlize, she has no money. <laughs> Charlize, Ludacris, and Gal. Okay, well, now that you threw in that Ludacris alcohol thing... Those people, like, that's how, what Sean Combs makes, like, all that money. Like, yeah, he hasn't had a hit song in a thousand years, but he's worth, like, a billion dollars or something. So, like, yeah. I don't know, the alcohol thing makes me question whether he would be above Kurt Russell. No, I think, I think we're gonna go... You're like, no, it's not selling that well. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that popular. So I'm saying, I'm saying Charlize, then Ludacris. Okay. And okay. then who do we got left? Uh, I think that then Gal. Might be it? You have Charlize and Ludacris, then Gal. So here's here's your list, and see if you want to lock this in. <clears> so number one, uh, okay. from one to ten, Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel, Jason Statham, Kurt Russell, Charlize Theron, Ludacris, Gal Gadot, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Jordana Brewster. No, I put Gal above. Put Gal above Ludacris. I think that really? Wonder Woman money was good. Yeah. I don't know. Was it that good? Because wasn't there that article where she got like like $2 million for Wonder Woman, but it was like, don't worry, she got a raise for like Wonder Woman 2. Now she's getting like $10 million or something. And I was like, that still doesn't oh, seem like a lot of money. That's still not that much. Yeah. I just remember oh, it not okay, being so like a lot. So Ludacris and then Gal or Gal then Ludacris? Who's higher? I'm, I think Ludacris, Ludacris. above Gal. He's okay. also just yeah, been Ludacris. in the game for like a very long time. All right. True. Yeah. So final answer? Final answer. Yeah. Final All right. answer. So starting at the top, because I feel like the top is where there's less surprises. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, number one, is number one. $280 million, correct. Cool. Nice. Number two, Vin Diesel, $200 million, still number two. You are correct there as well. Good job. Nice. Okay, cool. Jason Statham, you had number three, net worth $50 million. incorrect. Actually, Oof. number five. Oh, oh, okay. Three to five. Could be worse. Number four, you have Kurt Russell, $70 million. He is number four, $70 million. Oh. Okay, cool. Number five, you had Charlie Theron, $130 million. Mm-mm. She is actually number three. So you so far have the top five cool. right if you swap Statham and Charlie's. I believed That's in Charlie's good. Theron for the record. You did. No, you did. I, I didn't think she was making all that money. I know she does a ton of movies, but you know what I didn't factor in? Fucking Mad Max Fury Road. That yeah. was it. Well, so she got paid. I remember the only thing. She, I think she was one of the first i want to say or one of the first i don't think she was the first but to make 20 million dollars i think for a movie but she also got paid 10 million dollars 
for that second Snow White movie. Yeah, for like the Huntsman thing. Twenty minutes oh. of like not even like probably ten minutes of screen time. Like she got she paid. just does a lot of franchise work, which I feel like is helpful. True, very true. Yeah. She'll show up in any franchise. <laughs> number six, you had Ludacris, twenty-five million dollars. He's actually mm. number seven, so you were close there. Oh, okay. Your number seven was Gal Gadot. This site says ten million dollars net worth. She's actually tied for last. Mm. Damn. Damn. Number eight. Poor Gal. Number eight, you had Michelle Rodriguez. Actual net worth thirty million. So she's actually number oh. six. So she is a little bit higher than you gave her credit for. It's it's all Fast and the Furious money. Yeah. That's what this is. And yeah. the okay. sweet, sweet cool. lost residuals. Season two, baby. Number nine, you had Tyrese. And this is where it's close. Tyrese is worth ten million. Jordana Brewster worth twelve. So Tyrese and Gal tied for last with ten million each. Jordana Brewster actually an eighth with twelve million dollars. So you were, for the most part, pretty close. You just had uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Charlie Theron a little bit low, but I think your rationale, your reasoning for all of them, pretty strong. We did pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty proud of how that went. You know, you guys formed a great team. I think so, and I'm proud of both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So now we, when we have listeners, or we sometimes have listeners send in pictures of cars for Joe to guess. We don't have any of those today. <clears throat> However. There is one more game that we have to play. Oh my god, and it's the best game your, ever. Does Michael know what it is? Your favorite website, twitter.com, is called oh This god. Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. So now, Michael, the way that we play this you game... explain how it goes? Yeah. Go to Twitter, mm-hmm. find any tweet you want, and what we do is we send, we reply to that as at Cage Club Pod, the Cage Club Podcast Network. I was also thinking, Joe, so that Joey we should probably it. reply as Too Fast, Too Forever. We should start doing that. We should. Next, we next time, maybe. But we're going to reply as at Cage Club Pod and just say, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Hashtag 2F2F for the show. Hashtag Fast and Furious. And then link to our show page on cageclub.me. And so the goal of the game is to get the person you're responding to to either like the tweet, retweet it, reply to it, or listen and send us an email. And there's points for all of that. So take a a couple minutes. uh, See if you can find a tweet on Twitter.com. Oh, my God. Am I in charge of finding it? Yes. Yes. So we're each each going to find a tweet, and we're all going to... It's going to get the most traction. Oh, my God. This is so stressful. No, it's not So the thing to keep in mind is that I am terrible at this game, so you will not be worse than me. very bad. Is it a random person or someone that I follow? Anything you want. I would say not Walter. Oh, no. I wasn't going to... Ideally, probably, like, we, it's, it's an unwritten rule. I would say probably more of a stranger, but it can be somebody, I would say not somebody who knows you. But we haven't, well, we haven't really figured out the game yet, so it, it doesn't matter if you pick someone new, yep. someone old, someone you follow, someone you don't follow. Like, we don't really know how this works and, like, who responds. So there's not really any, like, rules. You could pick any tweet you want. Oh, wait, can they be famous or no? Yeah. Yeah. So last episode, Joe, in our relap recap, while Michael looks for a tweet. Oh, wait, I think I found one. Okay. Um, Joe, you found uh, at Roxana Haddadi on Twitter, RIP John Singleton, a man who I think of first and foremost as uncompromising. Every film was undeterredly his vision, even a franchise film like Too Fast, Too Furious. He tapped into something gritty and dynamic and compassionate. Boys in the Hood to Poetic Justice to Four Brothers. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing. Damn. However, a little bit of a come up for me. Originally, Scott Stamper said, at Durful McGuffin, John Cena in Fast 9, me likey. At Reverse DJM, Reverse Dar 19, John Loves Endgame says, so first we got Keanu Reeves and Hobbs and Shaw, and now we got Cena up in Fast 9. And then there was a gif of Will Ferrell punching cereal boxes in a supermarket. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Reverse DJM liked and retweeted... (laughs) 
my tweet. Six points. So I get three points. points. So I'm up to eight. Joe, you have 15. Mike Manzi still ahead of me with nine. However, closing the gap. You're catching up. And then, in reply to my tweet, uh, Wes runs the Back to Back to the Island Twitter page, which is for a podcast from a couple guys in a band that he does some social media stuff for. And he says, congrats to whoever picked this one. In parentheses, obviously, this reply doesn't count. Thank you, Wes, for recognizing real, recognize real. And I appreciate that you know what's going on here. All right, Michael, you found a tweet. Why don't you... Uh, so you, you, you did two. Yeah, I, I gave, yeah. like, a famous option and then a non-famous option. Well, it's up to you. You gotta pick. Oh my god, do I have shot. to pick? <gasps> yeah. Wait, am I tweeting at them? Or is the... No, 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 no. We use, tweeting at them? the Cage Club account, yeah. So you just have to just link it and he does the... Oh my god, I do like Charlie's Theron's tweet. I've never been more excited to see a tomato. But Tatiana's I got from just typing in car and fast. <laughs> And she, oh my god, clearly, like, that, that has might be those a good move. So I think I might go with Tatiana. Can you uh, can you read that full tweet out loud for us, please? Yes, Tatiana at vibrant underscore pearl tweeted, "My car drive fast ASF. I think that means as fuck. Mm-hmm. Got folks spotting me on the interstate." And then there's like the laugh cry emoji, and then the like skull emoji. Yeah, yeah, she <laughs> that definitely. Who knows? Boy. Oh, Joey already sent it. Boy, <laughs> do the... we have a podcast for you. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Oh, perfect. All right, Joe, do you have a uh, tweet yet? Yeah, I was stuck between two as well. I'm going to go with this one. Yang Yang at Icy underscore Blath. I don't have friends. I have family. Oof. Dom Toretto. Boy, do we have a, have a podcast for you. Yes. Beautiful. Yes, we have no concept of, like, who responds to these tweets. Like, we've responded to, like, old ones. (laughs) I've gotten many people that have, have, like, had their account suspended is what usually happens. Like, I tweeted someone and their account gets suspended immediately afterwards for God only knows what. Yeah, we we just don't know. This is not the one I'm going to do, but I found this because I was like, this is a perfect tweet. And then I found this from four years ago. At Cambaism, Hawk looking like Johnny Tran from Fast and Furious 1 crying laughing emoji but it's from four years ago and i don't think that's gonna work maybe not but okay so what i'm gonna do instead oh here we go this is me doing a public service so at gorgie bz bz on twitter hmm. man i want to see hobbs and shaw when it come out but i ain't seen none of the fast and furious movies i want to be lost so bz boy do we have a podcast for you if you want to get caught up on the movies yeah listen BZ, to us talk over. about it Public service Uh, announcement. Yes, spread the word. There we go. Amen. From recently, too. Yeah. Well, Michael, that'll just about do it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for watching a movie, like this movie for us. Thank you for doing uh, your podcast guest duty and watching a movie for us. And thank you for joining us. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me. I I feel like I always need podcasts to, like, force me to watch a very popular franchise that I've never watched. And yeah. I'm just, like, trying to check off all my boxes. And Fast and the Furious is definitely a big one. I feel like people people talk about that a lot. It makes a lot of money. Yeah, so, uh, they do. Yeah. They talk about I'm, it a lot. I'm glad I have, like, some understanding of it now. Have you caught any, um, like lines in the movie that you'd heard someone say but didn't know it came from this movie i don't know if this movie has enough of those lines wait do, is, there, is there like a really like big quote from this movie that people always use there's a bunch like nobody likes the tuna although i don't know that people you brought the, the I, buster brought me back yeah i'm like i don't know if people just go around being like nobody likes the tuna when i'm just like hanging out casually with them maybe but not, maybe i'm in the, in the wrong sorry. circles 
Maybe that's maybe. the real maybe. issue. Perhaps. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the circle that you are in? Why don't you tell our listeners about Not Her Again, the podcast that you do sometimes with Walter and sometimes not? Yes. Yeah, so Not Her Again, we are going to be entering our third season probably this summer. Cool. But if you want to catch up on our previous seasons, we covered Meryl Streep in our first season, and we did that kind of by looking at all the times that she was nominated for an Oscar but lost. Um, and that's actually 21 times, so it's kind of a lot. And Which then crazy, the... Yeah. Or maybe she lost, like, 19 and has 22 total nominations or something. It's it's a, it's a ridiculous amount. It's way more than it should be for a single human being. And for Meryl Streep in general, because she's awesome. Yeah. Yale's finest, Meryl Streep. We have pictures of her on the walls <laughs> up here. Throwing that out there. True American icon. I want her to stab me with her heels. And <laughs> then our second season, we covered the career of Julia Roberts, who I just personally love um personally because i know her so well like i hang out with her all the time oh cool no um (laughs) (laughs) no but we covered the career of julia roberts and we did that in a slightly different way we just kind of went through the phases of her career from like rom-coms to winning an oscar for aaron brockovich to kind of like supporting roles that kind of thing and then our upcoming season i don't think we've announced who it's going to be covering yet so you want to drop an exclusive here on too fast too forever (laughs) i think i'm too nervous to do that just in terms of like we have a lot of legwork to do before I'm, like, comfortable being like, we're definitely going to have something in the summer. Can you tell so, us and then we'll okay. beep just... it? Because we do have beep technology. Yeah, we have beep technology. So you could tell us just for us and we'll beep it. Oh, my God. Wait, can I tell you and you beep it and I can give a hint as sure. to who it is? Yeah. Yes, please. That's perfect. So the next season of the podcast will be covering... Oh, okay. okay. Here's the hint for all the listeners. She was never... Oh, hopefully they get this. She was never present to accept her Academy Award. Oh. It's a good hint, too. So, I like it. Yeah, hopefully you have some people plugged into that and they'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, so that, that will be our next season, so I'm super excited for that. Here's another hint. And that's that. Listen to Walter on, I think, maybe a Hanks for the Memories where he might have just told us uh, who you were covering. <laughs> that might have happened. That's or it might have been so off mic. Funny. I don't know if it was on mic or off mic. But either way, uh, there's a hint for you. That's so funny, yeah. Or just, like, actually just listen and hear Walter say it, because I probably was like, yeah, that's fine. And now I'm like, ooh, I want to keep it mysterious. Well, that's super cool. And so so here's... I don't know if this is a compliment, but I think it might be a compliment. There are very few people... We're not... Like, you and I are not very close. Like, we've tweeted back and forth. Like, this is by far the most interaction that you and I have ever had. You might be the only person on the planet that when I think... When I see a movie... I think of a person. And so when I see Ooh. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again listed mm. anywhere, I think of you. I don't know that if it makes your, me so happy. I don't know if it's necessarily your favorite movie, but I think the way that you tweet about the movie and then, you know, <laughs> in, in full transparency, the only episode of your podcast that I've listened to was your favorite movie's countdown from last year. And just the way you talked about that on that episode, uh, yeah. I, do, I can't describe really why. But you and that movie are forever intertwined in my brain. <laughs> As it, it should be. Like, when I'm being buried into the ground, like, I want them playing, like, Fernando. <laughs> the share cover, to be clear. And also to tell you, like, so this will be maybe a fun note, or maybe you cut it out. But during this podcast, I, like, saw a text, like, light up on my phone. It said, Meryl's dead. And I was like, oh, what no. the fuck? No. And I literally, like, had a heart attack, so, like, there might be a part of this podcast where I, like, space out for a second, but then I realized that's because my friend's literally watching Mamma Mia, Mia, Here We Go Again tonight, <laughs> and was, like, giving me, like, live updates, but at first I, like, was completely disconnected from the context, and I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> my world is crumbling right now. 
Man, that would have been a real exclusive if we had uh, the it first podcast on our podcast when news broke that she passed away. But thank God for all of us. That's not no, the case. No, yeah. Shape's going to live forever, like Cher. Both of them deserve to live till they're like 135. Yeah. Like, we got plenty of time left with those two. Nothing yeah. but time. But, Michael, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, thank again, yeah, for thank watching you. the that movie. That was a lot of fun, brother. And for joining us and for giving, I'll say it, the best answers to our our, our BuzzFeed-esque question, our J14 question uh, quiz, you gave us the best answers that we've had so far. So thank you for that. And thank <laughs> you for being our first Ramsey. First Ramsey result in the quiz. Oh, my God. Am I and the now? first Ramsey? So we've only yes. given it to a handful of people. The only Ramsey. So here's actually some uh, some good... That reassures me, because Joe and I are concerned that we can't get every character, so we're trying to figure mm-hmm. out, trying to go to, we're trying to crunch the numbers, if you will, and find out if every possibility, or if you can get every character. So the fact that you can get a Ramsey, who's not necessarily a major character, means that it's yes. working in certain ways, which is exciting. Wow. Well, I'm glad that I was able to uh, contribute to that. Well, thank you so much. And officially, by you getting Ramsey, you're officially part of the family. So welcome aboard. Yeah, you are part wow. of the official Too Fast, Too Forever family. So raise your Corona or your glass of wine and salute Michael DeManico of the Not Her, Pod- Not Her Again podcast. Thank you for joining us on this show. Thank for you. all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever and at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and also Instagram maybe exists. I'm not sure. Maybe. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash too fast too forever. And come back next week for our bonus episode about the turbocharged prelude. And then come back in two weeks for too fast, too furious. Lots of fun things coming up this lap. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Michael Domanico of the Not Her Again podcast. We'll see you in one week for the turbocharged prelude right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Tell me what's the secret I'm missing and I'ma come and get it. I'ma be in the middle where I love to be. So all my thugs, if you feel like I feel it, these are the pretty pie. Stick out your tongue and say, yeah. Flow for the two stacks, hold your tight and don't tell what you got. Ones on my feet with a hat to the back. Find me on the block with the blow with the crack for the money. I'm up, spit the game and don't quit. Some of y'all hoes ain't never seen bricks. Some of y'all hoes ain't never worked the tip. Most of y'all hoes.